1: At, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe.
2: Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And it's spreading far and wide. Who can turn the tide? G.I.
0: Joe, American hero. Yo, G.I. Joe, there. Fighting for freedom wherever there's trouble.
3: Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 191, The Good, The Bad, and The Suck. I'm your host, Ryan.
0: And I'm John.
3: And welcome back, everyone. Yes, uh, this is one of our suck episodes. For anyone that is not familiar with the suck episodes, uh, this is just our random topic talk episodes. Uh, we don't really know. We have some topics that we know we're going to talk about, and we don't know where, what those are going to spin off into. Um so I, I know for this episode we're gonna we're gonna talk some things of what we've been up to uh, that we think listeners would be interested in even if they're not we're still gonna talk about them uh, we're gonna talk about some news from D23 we're gonna talk about some San Diego Comic Con news and like I said from there we'll see where things uh, devolve or evolve into uh, joining us for this episode uh, and I really don't think we could do this episode without him uh, just because of his knowledge of uh, the D twenty three and past years and current year and all that type of stuff. Uh once again, Mr. Eric Grubb is joining us. Eric, thank you for joining us once again.
1: Am I the good, the bad or the suck?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well knowing some of the topics <laughs> <laughs> knowing some of the topics we were talking about, I thought it was probably good to say that there's definitely some good things we're going to talk about. There's going to be some bad things we talk about.
1: And some really sucky things we're probably going to talk about.
3: So <laughs>
1: uh, all, all I all I can picture in my head right now is the is the ending of that movie with uh, uh, the ugly guy running around the graveyards with the uh, ecstasy gold blaring. Is all I can see in my head now. Nice. I can't remember the actor's name, but so uh, so. Greg, what if
3: you know, I I know we've had you on not super long ago, but like, what have, what have you been up to? Anything worth reporting other than you know the D twenty three news and all that type of stuff?
1: Uh, the bathroom I've been renovating is basically done, and I went up to Jersey to go see Robert since I hadn't seen Robert in a while. Yeah. Um, how'd that go? Uh, it was good. It, it was a longer drive than I expected, and uh, the dude who was the voice of uh, Robin and the animated. Series slash barbecue from GI Joe, the original, you know, the '80s cartoon yeah. was there. So, um, but it was good just to hang with to hang with Robert and uh, see his wife and kids who I hadn't seen in I don't even know how long. And the ranch thief has grown up. I was uh, gonna so say,
3: has there, the question <laughs> is, has was ranch stolen from you? No,
1: there point? was no ranch <laughs> stolen, but clearly they still remember me. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> awesome. But uh, yeah, it was it was good. I mean. Just you know, hang out, and he's he's got my uh, my Disney sketchbook. So hopefully, he'll get that back to me before Baltimore. Hint, hint nudge, nudge. But nice. if he listens to this, uh, um, he
3: eventually <laughs> gets caught up on episodes. I don't know when he does, but he 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 seems to know what's going on a lot of times. So
1: <laughs> yeah, it, but yeah, that's it's pretty much it. I mean, other than that, you know, life, work, whatever, okay. the usual. Nice.
3: Uh, well, uh, John, I know that you had, uh, Virginia
0: Con. Uh, how did that go? We did. We, we had a, uh, we had a tremendous weekend. It was our two day show we moved up quite a bit this year. Typically it's in the fall, but, uh, had it right there after the 4th of July. And, uh, it was, uh, it was great. Andre came down. That's right. Andre is, <laughs> saw him in DC and then we, so he came down. And spent the weekend with us for, uh, to hang out. And, uh, JP was here, saw Keith Knutson both days. And, uh, we had, uh, Mr. Hama was in town and also Mike McCone. They were, they were the two artistic, you know, the big creators, you know, the art creator types and, and uh, uh, big names. And so, um, we had, uh, we had dinner with both of them on Saturday evening at, uh, the infamous Mekong and uh mr hama taught jp how to eat pho appropriately which was quite entertaining (laughs) and he had some great stories that night as always and then uh they uh they had asked me when i was driving them uh that evening hey can can you take us to breakfast tomorrow because the hotel breakfast is not very good so we ended up at denny's and it was me and andre uh um my friend Rob and Mike McCone and Mr. Hama at a big table and stories were told that I can't repeat on the air. <laughs> it was hysterical. I got two two sketches. I got, I got my Billy in his Cobra youth gear from, from Mr. Hama, which I was thrilled with. And, uh, and then I got finally um, the sketch that everybody's been waiting for. And believe it or not, guys, I actually sent my, my sketchbook home with somebody it's somebody (laughs) i know and it's somebody i trust and guess what they got the book home and it was done in like three days was was there a lot of
1: karma with
0: this one (laughs) i got my boy george snake eyes piece by damn and it's awesome
3: (laughs) (laughs) it was awesome i saw you posted it and everything yeah it looked amazing
0: matt matt is so game and he had fun with it and he he doesn't carry, uh, he didn't carry the, the colors to be able to color it there at the show. And I said, Listen, I know you and I trust you. The last time I sent my sketchbook home with somebody, they had it for a year and I got nothing to show for it. I'm going to need this back at Baltimore. Well, he's committed to Baltimore because he is, uh, he's a professional. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I got, I got the sketch. I got a picture of it like three days later and he said, Can I post it? I said, Absolutely. And it has, uh, been the uh, source of great laughter and great admiration and yeah if you want somebody that's game to do really anything that other uh, co-hosts like uh, i don't know robert said he would never do something like that uh yeah i was (laughs) really really stoked it was it was it really was it was a really fun weekend and uh like i said getting to see everybody and and again hanging uh hanging with andre and jp and and uh, and Keith and getting to spend time with them is is always a pleasure. So we we've got our next show is interesting because it's it's right after Baltimore. Uh, it's just a one day event again. But uh, but yeah, they uh, had that. And then Grub, you went to FredCon,
1: right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It was
0: a killer. Uh, if I if I recall yeah,
1: senior Tim Shin, because uh, that was actually we had talked about it at the last two-day Richmond show back in October when uh, I was supposed to come back on Sunday, but things went uh, sideways and uh, kind of prevented that. So we've been talking about it for a while, but I know I threw it up on the Star Joe's uh, Facebook page. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I, I know I want to get
3: something from Tim at some point because his art's amazing. So um, it, looked, um, it looked incredible. Um, yeah, I need to actually post some of the sketches I got recently. I know Shannon Posted, uh, some stuff that he had done, uh, for me. Uh, last Baltimore, kind i gave him my 80s or my Star Joe's 80s sketchbook and said, uh, you know, I have a list of characters. He took a picture of the list and everything else. And I says, you know, draw anyone you want. And he says, well, Danger Mouse was on the list. So he's like, well, how about if I draw Danger Mouse? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And he, and then as later in the show, he said, you know, he said he was going to take it, like you were saying, John, he's like, You know, do you mind if I take it home and everything? I was like, no, I, you know, Shannon's definitely someone I would trust to to send it home with him. So, and, uh, he says, well, before I go, he says, if I decide to draw somebody else, are you okay with that? And I says, yeah, what, whoever you want to draw is fine with me. And my mind, I was thinking, well, that means that if he decides he doesn't want to draw Danger Mouse and he wants to draw somebody else, that that's what he's going to do. So, uh, sadly, we found out that Shannon was not going to be at Baltimore. And so he reached out to me and, and said, uh, what's your address? I'll mail you your sketchbook back to you. Uh, so he mailed it back to me, and on the outside packaging uh, wrapping was uh, Blip from Space Ghost. And so it looked awesome, and it has the typical Shannon Gallant humor to it. Uh, and so I actually cut that out and taped it to the inside of my sketchbook, because I'm like, I don't want to lose this sketch either. Uh, so I open it up, and I, the page right after uh, the sketches is a picture of Brack uh, from Space Ghost. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. He you know, he drew Blip on the front, and Brack in and there. He must have decided that that's who he wanted to draw. And I just happened to be kind of flipping through the rest of the sketchbook, and I noticed there's another sketch in there. <laughs> and it's several pages later, and I'm like, what the hell? And here it's Sheila the Thief from Dungeons & Dragons. And uh fairly provocative version of her, because she's turning invisible, but just the bottom half of her is turning invisible. And you can see Hello Kitty underwear on her and everything. So it was very funny and everything. And I was like, holy crap, he did another one. And so I flipped several pages, and there's Igu from the Herculoids, uh, along with, uh, I think it's Bloop and Bleak uh, from the Herculoids. And he's smashing R2-D2. And he's saying Roar, and there's a little asterisk next to it. And at the bottom, there's the asterisk explaining what he's saying. And it says, I'm not going to read any effing books. <laughs> 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 which just cracked me up. And then I flipped several pages after that, and there is the Danger Mouse sketch, which is brilliantly done. I mean, all these sketches were – pieces were brilliantly done. But – you know, this one was amazing and everything else. And I was like, oh my God. So I immediately reached out to him and said, you're absolutely nuts. What, you know, what the heck? (laughs) So he said he was just having fun with it. And so that was a really cool, uh, very, very cool surprise. Um, and when Robert, I mentioned the, the, I think a couple episodes ago, I mentioned Robert with his family stopped here and spent the night and everything else. And I'm looking forward to having Robert on the show so you can, tell the audience at a safe distance from me what he really thought of my geek room and everything. <laughs> um, but uh, I was showing him the sketches from Shannon and everything else. And I left the sketchbook uh, in the room, n- not implying anything. Just, you know, I was actually planning on taking it to work the next day to show some people at work. And next morning I get up, I take the sketchbook to work and I'm showing some some people, and then here Robert drew Space Ghost in there. Uh, so, and that was his thank you for letting the, his family stay the night. So, I finally have an original Robert Atkins commission piece uh, in my book. So that was awesome. Uh, Slow clap. <laughs> yeah, it's taken me forever, but I uh, absolutely love it. And I know he loves drawing Space Ghost, so that was really cool. And he did an amazing job with it. So. Um, I will, I'll have to put, po- I don't think I posted those on the star Joe's Facebook page. So I'll have to make sure I take some pictures and post those so everyone can see them. Um, so that was awesome. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention before you start getting into some of the news and everything else, uh, or anything else you guys wanted to talk about. Uh, I did have a whole concert weekend, uh, that I mentioned again, a few episodes ago. Uh, I was, go- I went to go see Billy Joel what, uh, which is that progressive field, and it was just absolutely an amazing concert. Uh, loved every second of it, it is, Billy Joel's my favorite performer, like Bon Joey's my favorite band, but Billy Joel is my favorite performer of all time. Uh, and he did not disappoint me. This is my favorite concert I've ever been to in my life. Uh, we had on the field seats, amazing view, uh, he played everything and, uh, John, like you were talking about Larry having stories and stuff like that. He, Billy Joel told a couple things I wanted to repeat, which is, number one, he's sitting up there and he played a few of his songs to start off the show and everything else. And he sits up there and he goes, Yeah, uh, I got nothing new for you guys. Uh, just gonna be playing the same old shit I've always do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> and he, goes <laughs> he goes, uh, I always hate that when I go to a concert and the band goes, okay, we're going to play a bunch of stuff from our new album. And he's like, and I sit there and go, ah, shit, I just want you to play the stuff I know. (laughs) So he goes, so so that's what I'm doing. I'm playing the stuff that you guys all know. Um, so that was cool. And then, uh, as a lot of people know that know his music, there's a lot of his songs that are inspired by some ex wives of his. (laughs) And, uh, so every time he played one of those songs at once he was done playing one of those songs, he was like, and then we got divorced. So, so, uh, the guy did, uh, Billy Joel did a two hour show and then he came out and did a half hour encore. So it was incredible. And you know, encore, someone comes out, they do like maybe one, two, maybe three more songs. He did like six or seven more songs. So just when you thought, Oh, I'm never, I'm not going to hear this song. Boom. He was playing it. So, um, it was an absolutely incredible show. And then, just so happened to fall on that same weekend, I had entered one of those like radio contests where you just go to their website and enter to win tickets to something. And I won tickets to go see Straight No Chaser and Postmodern Jukebox, which I had never heard of until that show, had never heard of Postmodern Jukebox. I had seen Straight No Chaser uh, twice before, so this was my third time seeing them. Uh, they are an acapella group and they're best known for doing the, uh, 12 days, uh, unique version of the 12 days of Christmas, uh, that plays on the radio every year and every, everything. And they are phenomenal. Um, John, you had actually mentioned about Postmodern Jukebox and you're like, Oh, they're great. So I started looking up some of their songs and the best way I can describe them is they are a band uh, and a group that plays modern day songs but with like a 1920s vibe to it, <laughs> like big band style to it, um, and there is nothing like hearing the song "Wasn't Me" <laughs> done in a 1920s style. <laughs> so, uh, so that concert was awesome, and by the end of that weekend, I was done. <laughs> it was it was amazing. Uh, I had a lot of fun, but it was exhausting at the same time, just because we were having a blast. So. Um, and I would definitely recommend going and see either Straight No Chaser or Postmodern Jukebox. You're going to have a great time at either. We had a huge storm that came in and they did not, Postmodern Jukebox did not let that stop the show. They just ran with it and they actually loved us even more as an audience because we just kept going with it. So, um, so that, that was a blast. So. Um John did you had you seen them before or did you just know of them or
0: I only know of them through uh through YouTube and and nerdist are big fans they they post a lot of their stuff they're actually going to be playing Richmond in the fall and I'm I'm planning I'm planning on getting a ticket because I was I just really like the arrangements like you said the arrangements are very very unique yeah uh, some really fine playing and they've got some tremendous singers yeah so. the one yeah. the
3: one guy I mean,
0: came but cool. yeah. it was but cool.
3: yeah the one guy came out and earlier in the show he had like a bun you know a man bun in the back and everything and was all dressed nice and later on uh, in the show he comes out the man buns down his hair is just like s- scraggly looking and he's got this full beard and everything else and he's shirtless and he's got no shoes on he's got so he's just barefooted and he's just got these black pants on, and he's just like kind of slumped over, and he starts singing the song "Creep." and And his voice is amazing, but it's just the way he looked was perfect for that song. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I would John definitely go see them. There, uh, you would, you absolutely would enjoy what they do. All right. Well, uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we start getting into some of the geeky news and whatnot?
1: Dream Theater is finally coming around to the States for the 25th uh, anniversary tour of images, and, dr- or images nice.
0: and words. So it's like, woohoo! <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that because Dana's not going to be real happy that it's on a Tuesday night, <laughs> night after Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, well, hey. <laughs> I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs>
1: hey, whatever. I'm excited. Excellent. Nice. Anyway. All
3: right. Uh, well,. Let's get into some uh, D23 news. Uh, Grub, I'm kind of relying on you for some of it. I definitely saw some of the news that came out, but I know that you you look into this stuff a lot more than
1: even I do. So, well, considering my like my raging I mean, when I say that Disney owns me, it's not a joke. <laughs> uh, because between Star Wars, the Muppets, uh, I just I grew up going to the Disney parks. Um, if they owned G- G.I. Joe and Robotech—they would literally own me. Like everything I'm into, pretty much. Uh, I'm really a parks guy. Over the—I mean, the movies are fine and and all that stuff. But when it, it's the Disney parks and the stuff, I'm really into Yeah. So I don't know if you want to start with the Star Wars stuff or if you want to start with some of the other things that are a lot less information than the Star Let, Wars let's stuff. Let's
3: start with some of the other stuff. I, I'm just like you. I mean, I do love the movies and and all that stuff as well, and the history of Disney and all that. Uh, throughout the years but yeah I I could live at the parks I love the parks so uh and now with Star Wars coming which we'll get into in a little bit I definitely could live at the parks <laughs> but <laughs> yeah well,
1: but uh yeah what was like the, the 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 first real thing that's actually connected to an 80s property is the Tron coaster's coming from Shanghai to Magic Kingdom in Orlando which is like woo finally Tron in the parks right. again outside of back in the day they had uh when they saw the people mover at Disneyland you had the there was one little tunnel that it went through that had uh, the light cycles kind of you know they called it a speed tunnel where the light oh, cycles yeah, were going around I do remember you that. Uh, okay that was yeah. and that was a long time of, like the the people mover in Disneyland have been gone uh since I think the yeah. late 90s it's been a long time since it's been gone and then they had electronica uh which was like a dance party type thing when Tron Legacy came out um which was cool but you know the cool part about that was that NRK has a whole bunch of games and they're blaring the music right. from the movies and or from the movie all that 80s like journey and all that so that's cool because it's apparently the ride is an ex- extremely popular in Shanghai um, and if you just look up on YouTube just like you know Tron coaster uh, you'll see. It's really based around legacy in the original movie, but hey, I don't care. If I can get that in the right park, you know, I can get I can get T shirts right. on it at the parks. Yeah. I'm all for that. Uh, so and it's supposed to go it looks like originally everyone thought the speedway at Magic Kingdom was go away or the whatever, the cart ride basically that people drive around on on the Tomorrowland Speedway. But it's not. It's actually gonna go in between that and Space Mountain, which if you look at a map of Magic Kingdom, there's a walkway that goes around the. Um, so it looks like they'll have to move the train track, or so I'll incorporate the train track, and I don't know how that's going to work. But it's supposed to be open before the 50th anniversary, which is uh, 2021. So got you know four year will be open. But still, hey, I don't care. It's like Tron, a Tron ride in the yeah. is finally happening. And then there was uh, a little bit of talk about Marvel stuff with um, specifically the Guardians of the Galaxy okay. going into Epcot and replacing Ellen's Energy Adventure. Uh, okay. If they didn't. There's no details. People are kind of, it's probably going to be a roller coaster of some kind because that building is enormous, yeah. a lot of space behind it. Uh, but there's also out at Disney California Adventure in Anaheim, uh, they re- just reached Tower of Terror a couple of, not too long ago. Like within a couple of months, I think it actually opened this year to a Guardians of the Lexi ride mm-hmm. where it's supposed to be the you're in the collector's whatever, the collector's thing doing a tour of his place, and then there's a, a really cool, cool rocket uh, animatronic. But there's been rumors for a long time about a lot of that area where the Muppets are. Unfortunately, they're going to go away, but in Point Adventure, but that whole area looks like it may become a Marvel type land okay. um, because they. There's said that was that was coming currently is uh, like meet and greets with Spider-Man and all, all these other kinds of things. But there's just so many things on their plate that they announced that they held back a lot of information. Yeah. Uh, and there's been a lot of put like an Avengers like manhole cover over in that area of the park. And they have like people standing around that are shield agents like protecting it. <laughs> uh, so clearly they're kind of hinting that it's really coming to California. Right. And not to Orlando because there's a whole confusing thing with east of the Mississippi River. Uh, Union Studios has the rights to do Marvel stuff in the parks. Parks, yeah. West of the Mississippi, yeah. since, yeah. I don't know what's, I don't know how they get away with Guardians of the Galaxy to us, but it may be yeah. one of the things because it was never part of the deal. I don't know. Um, And then, really, then we get into the Star Wars stuff, which is like, mmm, Star Wars land, (laughs) aka Galaxy's Edge is apparently they're calling it. Uh, Yeah. Man, I could have lived
3: in that model. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, the, uh, going back just to the Marvel stuff too, like, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, with Universal that they couldn't just say okay, Universal, you can do X Men and Fantastic Four and Spider Man stuff, but you can't really do any Avengers stuff anymore.
1: Well, I, th- um, I think they had because the X or the Universal Orlando, the stuff they have in the park there is like '90s Marvel. Oh um, yeah, it's, but I, I think a lot of it has more to do with. If they couldn't use so anything connected to the Avengers. They couldn't use, right? Or I mean, Disney can't use. But yeah. since the Guardians of the Galaxy are not technically part of the Avengers, right. or probably never will be, they're just going to be in a movie with, with the not. Avengers. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the what allows get away uh, to get around with that. So, but I don't know. Like I don't know the. Yeah, I love
3: the, that part of Universal. I. I go there immediately. That's the first when I'm going to Universal Studios. That's the first place I have to go to is the Marvel area, just because I love being immersed in that environment. Um, I just know Disney could probably do a way better job of that, uh, especially with the stuff that I'm seeing them do with everything else. Uh, so I I want Disney to do like a Marvel Land and, and everything else. So who knows? I'm sure it'll it, it's going to happen at some point. But
1: yeah, I think at some point Disney's just going to bite the bullet and just give them the money and say we want our properties back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I mean, they have considering the plans that they have in the works with, uh, you know, with toy story land and star Wars land. And it looks like these major changes to come into Epcot and the Tron ride going in. I don't, I think it's on the back burner for a while at at least in Orlando. Yeah, for sure. And I will
3: say, I'm happy to see all the stuff that they've been doing over the years to Epcot. Because when I first went to Epcot as a kid, like that was, Even though I liked science and I liked going to Epcot, it was definitely the more boring park of all of the parks. Um, because there just wasn't a lot to really do. There was a lot to learn and there was a lot to see, but there really wasn't a lot to do. Uh, and that has definitely changed over the last, you know, decade to decade plus.
1: Well, I think Um, what's happened is you've gotten older. And well, <laughs> now, now the big thing is the the drinking around the world, with everyone going there and drinking their brains out and trying to drink in every <laughs> every uh, every part of world showcase.
3: Well, there's a lot more rides there now, though too. Uh, not really, like it hasn't really yeah. changed. Uh, well, from when I was a kid, it has though. Well, actually, I think I mean might you have detect- like Test Track, you have Soarin', you have things like that that are now part of Epcot. And hearing that they're going to do something else now. As well, like that's gonna be more of like a roller coaster thing. Like those, there. I feel like there's more activities to do.
1: Test track was another ride. Um, yeah, was I think it was Horizons, um, or I maybe mean that was pulled much or something like that. But it like they haven't really. I mean, they add. I think Epcot's about to go through some major, 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 major changes. Like if you look at the artwork yeah. from Epcot that they, uh, from the like the concept art, art, artwork they put out all you got to do is look at that whole opening area like you've still got Spaceship Earth with a giant golf ball and then that whole area behind it has changed and is gone there's a lot of stuff missing that currently yeah. exists so I, I think that park is going to be reinvented uh, especially Future World um, because it yeah, needs yeah. it it really needs it oh it does you know. it doesn't look like Future World <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah
3: um, so yeah, getting into, uh, the Star Wars stuff. So, uh, yeah, the whole Star Wars land looked incredible. I had so many people tagging me on that stuff. Cause they were like, like one of my coworkers actually tagged me on it and said, and there goes, R-, and we just lost
1: Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, that, uh, that model that they had was apparently enormous and if you don't know the model just look up star wars land model and there are a million videos and a million photos of it already floating around and i'm like oh my i mean like they just you know they've discussed it because it's you know you you come through and you're in this area and you're kind of like on the outskirts of town and that's kind of like where the resistance slash rebellion is is going to be on the kind of the outskirts and then you come into the town itself um and then on the other side of town, like apparently the first order is just supposed to have landed. Okay. So you've got kind of a weird mix of, you know, current, the potential for future expansion, you know, old stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, so it's not a place that we've ever seen in star Wars before, which I think makes more sense. You Absolutely. know, so I think it's supposed to be like this old outer rim, you know, place where before really the, uh, they had solidified the idea of hyperspace routes where so people traded there more often, but as time went on and the hyperspace, hyperspace routes became more, you know, mapped out less and less people kind of went there and it, you know, kind of thinking like the idea of like route 66 where it, for a long yeah. time it was the only highway going across. And then as more and more freeways and highways were built um, purely for that purpose and kind of started getting bypassed. And,
3: yeah. I kind of, I kind of view it like, um, take Maz Kanata's location that she had in, in force awakens and kind of expand that and make it more of like a town where it's like you have anything and everything of star Wars that probably travels through there. Uh, just, but it's mostly like you said, the outer skirts of, of civilization. So it's, you're, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of variety, a lot of, a lot of diversity of characters and everything else. And they can kind of play with that a lot more than, um, I also thought more of like the Tales of the Jedi stuff when, you know, they were, uh, first developing hyperspace and everything else. So you had a lot of different, uh, species and everything else being there. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of different elements of Star Wars there. And it will make sense because you'll have all these different alien species that have, re- that are residing there and stuff. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And then you've got the two rides attached to it, which is the Millennium Falcon ride, which is from the concept art, you basically six people in it and I, yeah. how it works exactly. I don't know. Like they haven't gone into the details cause they're still working on it. I'm sure. And some sort of first order, like there's some other sort of ride where you, you end up in the middle of a battle between the resistance and the first order, which it looks cool. Cause the little, the, the, the model they had for the ride vehicle for that, like you have two little rows of probably three or four seats in a row. And there's like a black, like r four droid that's supposed to be like the driver, and oh, I, was, nice. I was like, oh cool. <laughs> I like this little guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. yeah, so there's there's that. Apparently there's gonna be some sort of cantina, you know, restaurant. And yeah. which made and if they are not if they're not playing the cantina song well, when you walk in. <laughs> here's the funny part is they've said the DJ in the Cantina is going to be the Captain Rex from the original Star Tours ride, which oh, was which nice. was voiced by Paul Rubens, aka um, Pee Wee Harmon. Right. And yeah. I heard that and I was like hee 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 I giggled because <laughs> I always love that character because I mean I've been on that like I, we you know when that ride originally opened in 85 or maybe it was late 80s, eight late 85 early 86 whatever it was at Disneyland you know I live 20 minutes south of there so it was yeah you know and my mom's worked with a lady whose husband was head of security. So we got in a lot for free. (laughs) So I rode, I've ridden that ride hundreds of times in my life. So it was a very soft spot for me to find out that the captain, you know, that Rex is going to be, uh, in there and it's not the clone captain Rex. It's a different guy for people who may not know. Yeah. (laughs) This is a droid. Uh, yeah. Well, and I will say
3: like, for those that don't know, and I think I mentioned it on the show, but like when I turned 40, uh, my wife asked me, where do you want to go? Like, do you want to go on a trip? Like, what do you want to do for your 40th? And I was like, and I told her I want to go to a place that I can feel like a kid again. And I told her I wanted to go to Disney World. And and the first thing that I had to do when we got there, I was like, we need to go to Hollywood Studios and I need to go on the Star Tours ride. Because uh, I I did certainly did not ride it nearly as much as you did, but as a kid, I... Went and saw, it, went there, rode it many times, and I had ridden it many times since then. I basically every time we went there, I had to ride it. Uh, but this, when I turned 40 was the first time I was going to be able to ride it with the updates that they had made to it. So, uh, where you could get a different experience each time and all that. So, uh, and that was, that was really cool. But, um, yeah, there's nothing like I, I know the feeling that I have when I would approach the st- the Star Tours ride and just see that giant Adat Walker and the Ewok village and all that and be able to walk in that. I know what how that ma- that makes me feel. I can only imagine what this whole land is going to make me feel like when I walk in there.
1: Well, like I had for, for me, it's if you go to out to California and you go to Cars Land in California Adventure, that mm-hmm. like whatever your opinion are is of the Cars movies. The Cars Land area is unbelievable. I mean, you are, you know, you, you turn that corner. Depending which way you come in, because there's two entrances. There's one that um, that takes you right down the main street of Radiator Springs, and mm-hmm. it is unfreaking real. You are you are in Radiator Springs. I mean, yeah. And from like we're going down in uh, early you know early December. Um, and it'll be my first chance to see the Pandora, the Avatar Land, which, oh, yeah, even yeah. though I don't care about the movie, people are just absolutely losing their mind over the rides and the yeah. detail level. And when that opened, people were going, "Oh my god! If we, if they can do this with a with a movie that nobody gives a crap about, <laughs> then what are the then the, the expectations Star like? for Star yeah. Wars lands or th- land is through the roof. Yeah. And that's the thing is, it's like. I am man enough to admit that I have no doubt. The first time I get a chance to go to Star Wars Land, and I walk through whatever their whatever tunnel or bridge or whatever I'm going to have to go through in order to enter the land, I will yeah. probably break down and freaking cry.
3: Oh, I'm right there with you. I I and like you said, I'm man enough to admit it. I will weep tears of joy when like to give some perspective on that too. Like uh, I'm sure you way back when, when force awakens was still being made and everything else, uh, you heard the story about Kevin Smith saying how he stepped onto mm-hmm. the millennium Falcon and he cried tears of joy and it overwhelmed him. I was like, yeah, that would be me. I, that's what, and that's what this land will be for me. Like I'll walk in and like you said, I will have tears of joy and think because I'll be like, I never thought I would experience something like that. Um, the only, and now the only uh, analogy I have to it, uh, to what you're saying. I haven't been to the Cars Land, but at Universal, they have the Harry Potter area. And when you walk in there, you are immersed in the Harry Potter world. Like, it is, you don't even see the rest of Universal. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and you just totally are, are engrossed by everything there. Uh, and I imagine it'll be like that and then some. So.
1: Yeah, I. I... that's the great thing about like whatever the whole Disney Universal I don't want to say war per se but when Universal got Harry Potter and they did the Hogsmeade Village with Hogwarts up in the thing it really was like shots fired across everyone's bow about like this is the kind of thing if you're going to do something like Harry Potter or Star Wars or Cars or Pandora or whatever you have to Really, you have to immerse people in it. And it's yeah. not a, this is like, yes, ticket prices are getting ridiculous, but the potential of being able to walk, walk in and like when Toy Story Land is supposed to open and Universal Studios and in, in, in Disney next, you know, summer of, well, <laughs> as of recording, next summer, aka the summer of 2018, you know, I think that's going to be amazing too because, you know, it's, yeah. I love, the Pixar stuff, and then, oh my gosh, Toy Story is like my favorite of all the Pixar stuff. Yeah, same um, here. And then just uh, what they're going to do for Star Wars, I just, I can't even like seeing yeah. that model, <laughs> and I'm like My mind oh. is already blown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, um, you know, and then on top of it, they're also doing this thing with somehow, I don't know how they're going to do this, and I'm wondering if it's going to be a situation where uh, the Imagineers came up with an idea And the people that have to implement it are going to have major problems with. But the idea that, you know, they've said with the, with the, with the Millennium Falcon ride that if you're the pilot and you do a crappy job piloting, the Mm -hmm. characters that live in this world, the employees that are dressed up as characters or whatever they're doing with live, you know, basically LARPing in Star Wars. um, Yeah how they're going to know that you did a crappy job and how they're going to know that, you know, they're going to say, you know, they're going to, ah, oh, this guy's a bad pilot. Or if you, just, if you do such a terrible job, the bounty hunters come after you. I don't understand how that's going to work. Yeah. And the other problem I think it might cause is because that land, when it opens is going to be craziness with people. <laughs> yeah. And I, they're going to get a, you know, I don't know how you're going to be able to maintain that and keep that going. Um, yeah.
3: so it's really, and that's why I don't, that's why I don't know. Like I really obviously want to be there when it opens, like not the day it opens, but I really want to be there the first, at least the first month or two after it opens. But part of me doesn't want to be there because I'm not going to be able to ride anything. I'm not going to be able to see it. Like you'll be able to ride one or two things that day. And that's about it.
1: <laughs> um, one thing probably maybe um, one thing. Yeah. Um, especially they've also said that California does star Wars land is going to open before Orlando, which leads me to believe I'm, I'm pretty like I, I, the next star Wars celebration is also 2019. So there's all these weird things that are kind of coming, co- coalescing together where you're going to have a you know star Wars celebration in 2019. Both of these lands are going to open in 2019. I suspect they will, especially now with the fact they've mentioned the opening dates, I suspect you're looking at a spring slash fall. So probably in the springtime, you're talking for California and probably the fall for Orlando. I would not be surprised at this point now to see them do some sort of tie in together with star Wars land with celebration. Like they just did uh, They had a, you know, celebration Orlando back in April, a couple of months ago, they had a specific ticket that you could buy for a special one night deal at Hollywood, you know, Universal Studio uh, Damn these names
2: and they're too similar. <laughs>
1: they need to change Hollywood Studios' name. At the Disney Studios, they had a special one night event with fireworks and all these other kinds of things. It was a special one-off ticket that you could buy. And they offered it, I think, first to people with celebration passes and then whatever after that. Um so I would not be surprised at this point to see if they don't do that with celebration, they'll do it with because I think D twenty three is every two years, they'll do it with D twenty three. Yeah. Um so I just is like, oh God. Ah.
3: Yeah. Well and that's like part of me thinks like, okay, if I was to go there within like said the first couple months of it opening, um, I think i what I have to do with my expectations is that I just have to expect that I just need to go into the land and enjoy the surroundings and not be hung up on doing everything there and realize that maybe the year after that, that I go is when I go to actually do everything. Um, because I want to, I just want to see it. I want to experience it. Um, so we'll see though. It's, yeah,
1: it's exciting I think for though. me. It's going to be because I'm, a, I'm an annual pass holder for Orlando. My intention is to renew because you know it's cheaper to renew than to buy new passes. And I know when Star Wars is open, I'm gonna be going to Craptown. Uh, you know, uh, probably three or four times a year because I that's to just you know inject the crack in my veins now and and to be <laughs> done with it.
2: Um,
1: so I just I, like I will <laughs> I ain't going anywhere near that place in the summer. I'm not yeah. going anywhere near it at Christmas time because those are are like the week of you know. Usually, like, so I, you know, knowing what the usual quote-unquote slow times are for the Disney parks, that is absolutely right. when I'm going. <laughs> That'll be insane. Um, yeah. But, man, I just, ugh, I cannot, just the, the the ideas and what's, you know, I mean, they have, they have an X-Wing and an A-Wing and that model just, like, sitting there. I'm like, can I, like, touch these? <laughs> like, what's going on there? <laughs> and, you know, it's not like it Currently, the added they have outside of, um, uh, uh, oh god, the ride, the one ride, uh, Star Tours. You know, it's just a facade. It's meant to be like, here's the movie magic, you know, and it's the back end right. of things. And but you know, this are all these things are you are in, you are supposed to be in that world. Therefore, there's none of yeah. it's like, you know, behind the scenes stuff you can't see. And all. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then they announced the hotel which was like oh oh yeah so that star Wars hotel which from you know there was a lot of rumors flying around about you know oh it's going to be $1000 a night it's going to be this kind of night well there's a guy by the name of Jim Hill who is a like i mean he he's an author he has a uh, he does a lot of stuff in the disney community him and, and this other guy named len testa and Len is the guy who, if you've ever heard of Touring Plans, um, he's the guy that owns and runs Touring Plans. Um, and he's also the same thing. He's got a couple of different podcasts. And these, these guys are insanely well-connected within the Disney company. And mm-hmm. Jim Hill the other day was saying that it looks like they're basically going to kind of treat this hotel as like if you're going on a cruise. It'll be like a multi-night, kind of like a two-night thing. Or a three night thing, or maybe like a four night thing, something like that. Um, but it, you know, so you, it's not going to be like one of these. Well, I'm just staying here for the week. It's not going to be like that. It's a specific right. set, it's a set of nights. Um, and right now, what they're saying, the price is going to be six hundred and fifty um, for a two day thing, which, which then, is honestly not as bad as I well, thought it could be. So. Yeah, but. That, then, then you add, you can have, and then you can have up to six people in the room. But after that initial six fifty, it becomes two hundred dollars extra per person. So you're looking yeah. at basically that's twelve, you know, one thousand, you know, uh, one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars for, you know, six people plus the six fifty. So you're looking at about, for a two day thing, about nineteen hundred dollars to two thousand dollars roughly at the, you know, right now, things could change. No problem. I don't really, you know, so you're looking at basically roughly $2000 for two nights. If you had six people in that room and then you so you basically could get 2000 split in half a thousand. You know, you're not it's actually a fairly reasonable experience. Yeah. So but at the same thing, like I don't know, you know, they're they're talk about though, you know, there's there's going to be swag and loot that they're going to, you know, like you know, you check in, here's your bag of free stuff. You know, and yeah. then I don't know if you know, they're just talking about. They don't. I'm not sure if costumes are going to be involved or, or you know, interplay with the characters that are you know there because you're supposed to be. It's you're basically you're supposed to be involved the, in a story type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, then in the hotel is also supposed to be a spaceship, so yeah. all your windows you won't look out onto the normal world. You look out of the space. Space right. Um,
3: so it's which how which how cool would that be? Just to look outside your window and. Maybe I'm sure every once in a while you might actually see like a battle going out outside your. Or
1: a Star Destroyer floating on by, you know, or something. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I assume they will do that because I already have um, the Disney cruises already have what they call these magic portholes, which are basically yeah. just L- LED screens that they put a thing around and they just you know so it looks like you have a window even though you may not. I've never been on a Disney cruise, but I've heard a lot about it. But um, so I just think that this whole like I mean crazy immersive experience. And then, like you know, when you take the transporter or whatever down to the, you know, down to the ground, you know, you just take it. It's the elevator, and then poof, right. you, you pop open, and then look, you're in Star Wars land. So I assume right. everyone kind of just assumes like no one's really sure where that hotel is going to go, but everyone pretty much expects us to go right next to Star Wars land in the park, which yeah. makes freaking sense because you know. So yeah. I mean, uh, it, that price, like to me, I know, it, and it's it is a lot of money. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. But that also opens up the idea of not just, you know, Disney, but could you imagine Universal doing something like that with Harry Potter? No, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, that's just like, is, is this where the idea of like themed hotels are going to go now with these crazy immersive experiences and kind of treat them like, like cruise packages? Um, yeah. And I just, it's just like, man, that is, I mean, I don't care how much money it is, I will stay there at least once.
3: So. Oh, that's what, I'm, that's what I was just gonna say. Like, I don't care if I need to save up for w- that one-time experience. I will do it just to have that one-time experience. Like, that's fine. It, it's some, and that and that kind of goes into like the stuff that you know I was talking about earlier with the concerts I went to and, and things like that, and other stuff that I've mentioned on the show. Is I, my wife and I both feel like you know it's that whole you only live once. Uh, if you have an opportunity to experience something and the only thing that is holding you back is just getting off your butt and doing it, then get off your butt and do it. Um, if it's a money thing, then save up for it. If, if you have that luxury of time to save up for it, you know, understanding that like concerts and things like that are, you know, they're going to happen at a certain point. But if it's like a trip someplace or to do something like save up for it, if it's a money issue, you know, work towards it. If that's something you really want to do, but do it. And like I said, if the only thing is well, yeah, we just I'm just comfortable sitting here on <laughs> start, couch and not doing start it. Start a
1: GoFundMe page, you know.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's like it's like just seriously, like if, if you have the opportunity to and all you need to do is save up some money, yeah, it might take you a few years, but that place ain't going anywhere, uh, once it starts. So, you know, start saving now and and, and go and experience it and make the most of it while you're there. And um like I said, I I know I will go at some point. I don't know when it'll happen. Uh, I know my wife who does not have any interest in star Wars or anything like that will be happy to go because she will look, love the look on my face being there. She'll just be like, that's sometimes the enjoyment for her is seeing me geek out with stuff like this and getting excited about this type of stuff. So. Well,
1: that's, that's the nice thing is by the time this hotel gets built, you know, my Ewan will at that point be old enough to, I think at least remember and appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in 2019, he's gonna be, you know, by the time this opens, you're talking three and a half, almost four. So, uh, actually, no, he'll be on, um, no, he'll be on that. (laughs) He'll be more like four and a half. Um, so I, you know, it's one of these things where it's just, I mean, I got, why, why couldn't they have done this 10 years ago? (laughs)
2: When I was younger,
1: (laughs) you know? Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's really, I mean, you kind of blew over the stuff when we kind of quickly went over it, but I mean, there's, there was a lot of other stuff that sizzle reel or that, uh, behind the scenes, um, video that they did yeah. for uh, last Jedi. Yeah. I actually liked that better than the trailer they put out. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I did too. Um, because that was great. If you haven't seen that, I mean, it's not really much in the way of spoilers. It's just a lot of behind you know John Boyega. And what kind of director can't do a good Wookiee roar? And yeah. and those damn porgs are so freaking adorable. <laughs> those weird like puffin penguin yeah seal looking things. Yeah, and there's actually a book that's going to come out it's yeah, like a chewy, children's chewy book. Chewy it's like por- Chewy and the Porgs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. There was a. Wait, is that San... No, San Diego is a lot of that stuff. San Diego is a lot of that stuff, yeah. I can't remember. It all blurs together because it was like one weekend after the other. Right. So, so. yeah, yeah. Um, John, how about for you, like the opening of the, the Star
3: Wars Land, is that any interest to you at any point to go check out or your boys or
0: anything like that? Or I'm going to give you guys some perspective. <laughs> <laughs> to Disney, it was the year Epcot opened. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I think it's great. I mean it's I'm happy for those that uh that are looking for that because I think to Grubbs point, you know, why didn't they do it sooner? Maybe it's a technology thing, maybe it's just a you know, obviously timing is key, but uh uh, uh am I going to go down there no because I think it will be a sea of humanity that you'll never get through at least when you start. <laughs> oh, come on. Talking. You could yell out, "Oh, the humanity"
1: the whole yeah. time.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll be like Hans all and I'll see you in hell. Um, uh, No, does it hold any sway for me? Not really. I I do think it's exciting. It's it's fun to think about what they could do. I I think I'm more excited about the Tron ride uh, because I think it'll be fewer people. Well, you know what the funny thing is? When you watch the videos for
1: that Tron ride, it is amazingly quiet. Like I couldn't believe how quiet their coaster was. Oh, wow, okay. Anyway, that's uh. all. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, well, uh, let's get into some San Diego news. Uh, well, wasn't so much San Diego news, but one thing I wanted to mention, I just wanted to kind of hear your guys' thoughts on it, because when I heard this announced, I was kind of, at first I was in disbelief, because I just didn't, I was like, no, that can't, I was thrilled, but at the same time I just didn't believe it. Was, uh, Ron Howard being announced as the new director on the Han Solo movie. I was floored because obviously Ron Howard's an excellent director. Uh, he's done a, amazing movies and everything else. Uh, the, I mean, and I guess I shouldn't have been surprised because, you know, he grew up with, with these movies and I'm sure they probably hold a place in his heart and everything as well to be a part of that and everything. But I was just, never dawned on me that someone like Ron Howard would want to direct a Star Wars
1: movie. Well he was offered uh-huh. uh episode one, I
0: think. Yes,
1: he was. Okay. Did,
0: did
1: had the had the Lord Miller been fired the last time I talked to you, Ryan? Uh, I don't think so. Because I have a whole perspective on this that I think like people okay. may have not thought about, and that's the the whole thing with okay, you know, they had all the problems, you know, Josh Trank it was originally going to be doing a movie and the rumor was it was a Boba Fett, but then they asked him after that whole debacle with fantastic four and, and right. like this whole thing about, Oh, well they brought in somebody else to, to help Gareth Edwards reshoot stuff. and blah, 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 blah. Um, and now this whole thing with Lord Miller and it's people like, Oh, do they even know what they're doing? And I think this, the answer is actually, um, uh, more simple than people realize. And that I think what happened was, is when they announced all these, you know, first originally it was like anthology films or whatever, I think they were so focused on episode seven that to, that they kind of were like, oh, well, you know, let's, let's have some fun with some of these other ideas. And so they decided, you know, they brought in Gareth Edwards to direct a war movie. They brought in Lord Miller to direct a comedy, you know, sort of. Um, but they were, I think they were so focused on episode seven that they kind of, weren't paying attention to what else was going on as much as they should have perhaps. And after the, I mean, everyone expected TFA to do well. I don't think anybody expected to do $2 billion, almost become the highest grossing box office movie of all time. You know, I don't think anybody expected that. And I think when that happened, they kind of went, holy crap. Uh, we have to rein in other stuff because, you know, like they're like, okay, well, a comedy is a comedy, but is that really Star Wars? Yeah. Um, and I think – Which I would say yes, but – yeah, I mean, to an extent, <laughs> yes. Like Han yeah, Solo yeah. has a sense of humor, but right. Han Solo shouldn't be a comedy in my opinion. It should be – I agree. Um, but like I think Gareth Edwards, when he finished Rogue One – I think he filmed the war movie that they wanted to film, and then they realized, wait a minute, this is a different tone. Like after TFA, they're like, oh crap, we have to change the tone a bit here. And I think that's, you know, not to, you know, I I love the outcome of Rogue One, but I think that they realized this isn't Star Wars necessarily, and they need to make it a little more Star Warsy, And then I think, you know, Gareth Edwards was willing to play with that. Like, okay, you know, I understand. You want to change some things. You want to bring in some other people, with some other ideas, you know, whatever. I'll still stay in the process. And from yeah. what it sounds like with Lord and Miller, it sounds like they uh, basically were shooting too much from the hip. They didn't want to take direction. It sounds like basically they became... You know, Disney was going. Okay, this is not really the movie we want. You know, can you change some things? And they kind of basically, you know, said jog on, and then things escalated from there. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's, it's you know, people are like, oh, what are, they don't know what. I think Kathleen Kennedy knows exactly what the hell she's doing. But I yeah. think they just ultimately, with Force Awakens, got distracted, and then realized, oops. <laughs> Yeah, we may have made a mistake. Let's course correct while we still can. Right.
3: Well, and I agree. Like you can do, you can do a comedy movie of sorts with Han Solo, but you have to realize it still needs to fit into what you've what has been created before of the Han Solo character. Yeah. You, know. um, you, know, it, you can't turn it into a uh, slapstick comedy. You cannot turn it into a. Uh, a spoofy type comedy or anything like that. You still need to be true to that character and everything else. So,
1: And the, um, the other problem I think with this movie that, you know, like Rogue One, I think was a great idea because of, you can play in an area where it's characters you don't know. You know, mm-hmm. we know, okay, well the rebels stole it, but we don't know anything beyond that. But ultimately with like Han Solo, this is Han Solo. You know, at this point I think we all kind of know the character yeah. and there's something to be said about, maybe we don't want to know the backstory. You know, maybe yeah. I, I think, I think I'm sure the movie will be fine. Yeah. But yeah. Same thing. Like, I'm just not like, I mean, I'll go see it. I'm sure. I'll sure. I'll enjoy it. But I'm just like, eh, I'm just not, you know, like the idea of the Boba Fett movie, like same thing. I'm like, eh, I'm just, I'm not, I would rather see other stories being told, you know, and maybe, maybe the decision is like, maybe the Han Solo will be the last of these Standalones, You know, maybe they, right. you know, there's also something to be said about don't put a movie out every goddamn year. I understand Marvel's doing this, but mm-hmm. there's something to be said about ease back, you know, maybe do one every couple of years or three or four, you know, be a little more sparing with the idea of the standalones. You don't need to, you know, there's what, six months between, uh-oh, uh, oh, did John go off? What happened? No, he's here. Okay. Um, you don't need to. There's, I think. Okay, you got. Last Jedi comes out in December, and then uh Hansel comes out in May. You know, at that point, I th- yeah. I think you may be overloading, and I think you need to, t- to chill out. So.
3: Yeah. Well, and see,
1: I, I'll take a different,
3: a little different perspective on that. Um, I I would not have a problem if they eased up on the gas and and did one every couple years or one every three years or something like that. I don't have a problem if they were to make that decision. But, and I have no problem with them continuing some of these standalones of characters that we do know uh, if they do them well. Uh, you know, as long as you're making good movies, I don't care how often they come out and I don't care what topic you're picking up on. The thing I th- that I will agree with you on is that I think that they need to, at least I think this is the direction that you're talking about too, is I, I think they need to expand the world that they have that they have access to now. Um, don't feel like you have to stay within this box and this confine of these characters and in this time period and, and everything else. Um, I'm fine with doing standalone movies or doing uh, separate trilogies or separate, you know, duo movies or something like that. If you want to, uh, if you want to expand out to character, to new characters that are still within this universe, like, like we've talked about before when we did the talking about this dark horse comics and everything else, you know, if you want to go to the early days of the Jedi or the, the late days of, you know, the universe and everything else, like they did in the dark horse stuff. Uh, I'm fine with that. Like you can still have those names up here, here and there. Like you can still have a Skywalker appear up later or something like that. And then that gets a buzz going of like, well, what does that mean? And who is that? And how is he related? And all, you know, that gets the fans eager and excited and every everything else of what things mean. Um, but yeah, like I would like, love it if they could expand out. And I've said this many times when it comes to, and this relates to the Marvel movies too, and you can see it in the Marvel movies is star Wars can be a lot of different things. It does not have to be a sci-fi opera fantasy type story. Every movie doesn't have to be that. Uh, you can do a comedy. You could do a, uh a war one like we just saw. You could do a horror one. Hell, we just had in the comics, there was a Screaming Citadel story. That was like alien-esque of like a sci-fi horror type story in the comics. Um, and it was done really well. Um, so you can do all of these elements, uh, but you also have to pick and choose who you do it with and what you're doing and where does that fit into the story and stuff like that. Like, if, like if you're going to do a comedy... Then do something like along the lines of the Tag and Bink comics, where it's like two outside characters that just have some adventures. It's in the Star Wars universe, but it doesn't really impact the bigger story of stuff, uh, even though those comics kind of did. Um, but like you can do a whole bunch of different types of stories in the Star Wars universe, but pick the right people to do them, pick the right characters to work with, and actually expand out from this box that they are fitting themselves into right now.
1: Like, I think the idea of Han Solo, the solo film being a heist film is a mm-hmm. good choice for a Han yes. Solo film. Like if you're going to do a Boba Fett film, the first thing that pops into my head is something like the good, the bad and the ugly, or, yes. you know, the outlaw Josey Wales, or, or, you know, true grit or something like that, like a Western type movie. Cause he's yes. a bounty hunter, yes. you know, that kind of idea, to me, you know, if you want to do like a political drama, then you do like Princess Leia, you know, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But you know, but at the same time, I just, you know, they don't. They don't but I don't, they don't always need to cram need them it down be my throat every year things. either, too. So.
3: Yeah, but like I said if they keep doing it well, I don't care if they come out every year. How they come out every six months, I don't really care if they're being done well. Uh, <laughs> the second you're doing so much just to get the product out there, is when I start having a problem. And so far with. Marvel, I really, you know, other than maybe one or two movies that I didn't enjoy as much, I still have enjoyed pretty much everything that they've done from the Marvel Studios. And so far everything with Star Wars, you know, I've enjoyed, now granted there's only been two movies so far, but so far I've enjoyed both movies a lot. So as long as you're not just pushing product to get it out there and you're actually producing something that's really good, I'm all in favor of it. And like I said, the news of here for me, the news hearing that Ron Howard was now directing it got me more excited about the Han Solo movie than I was previously. Maybe Tom Hanks will show up now since him <laughs> and Ron Howard put together a lot. Um, John, how about for you with the Ron Howard announcement? Did that do anything for you when it came to the Han Solo movie, or did
0: not really change your opinion on it? Or I, I think it's very very safe. I think okay. you know, I think that. Uh, I think that Lord and Miller, having watched Lego Movie, having watched both the twenty-one and twenty-two Jump Streets, which were way better than they should have been, uh, but uh, seeing those, seeing their involvement in Batman movie in the Batman Lego Movie, I, I was almost kind of surprised. You know that that it was kind of, you know, the, okay, yeah, I think they're a little too far leaning one way. You know, it sounds like they didn't get along with uh, Kasdan. The screen, who wrote the screenplay and let's face it, Kazan wrote Empire, so he can do no wrong. Right. But, uh, you know, if you, if you cross him, he, they're not going to stay and, uh, you know, lesson learned for them. And I, but I think Howard is a very safe choice to put out something that will, it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. He's got great movies. He's got some not so great movies as most directors do. Uh, but he does have an affinity for, for the, for for Star Wars and he's got an interest in it and why not you know give him a chance I you know as long as they didn't get rid of uh, of uh, Donald Glover as Lando I'm okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was a good a chance but I, I just I you know I think it's I think to what we were talking about earlier there are a lot of ways that you can put these uh, anthology movies you could make them different themes just like the Marvel movies they're coming out all the time but they are all very different in tone you could certainly do that but again i almost feel like it's as you uh, and then grub you said you know kind of reigning back in after realizing that they are sitting on a on a gold mine here better safe than sorry you know you're not going to put out they're not going to put out deadpool right i mean you know you, you could make yeah. something of that caliber that's not what disney and and lucasfilm they're not going to let something like that and that's not a one-to-one but you know what i'm saying in other words <laughs> we are sure. going to put out things that are a little safer because that's what's going to continue to generate cash for them.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, on that note, actually, I'm going to segue from Star Wars. And you're mentioning like the Marvel movies kind of doing different uh, takes on in that same universe. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention was there was a lot of trailers that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know how many of you guys have gotten to see or watch, but one of the trailers I wanted to mention because it ties in exactly what you were saying there, John, is the the new Thor Ragnarok trailer, which makes the movie seem very much like one of those buddy cop type movies because it's Thor and Hulk and it just seems like this this buddy team-up movie. Uh which is another direction for these Marvel movies. Like, it's just seems like it's a fun buddy type movie, you know? So have you guys gotten to see that trailer yet or? Oh yeah. I'm totally in. I'm sorry
0: yeah, totally
1: for that one. That trailer oh, yeah. was awesome. <laughs>
0: I'm probably yeah. more excited about that movie than anything else yeah. coming up. Cause it, uh, it was, what was, what was the line? It, it was, I you
1: know, uh, it, oh yeah. It, I, I won easily. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: I also love what uh, he's describing that, uh, that Thor is, the Hulk's describing like, you're like water and I'm like fire. And Thor's like, I like fire. He goes, okay, but you're, you're like a smoldering fire. I'm, I'm a raging fire. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, okay. I'm, like you guys said, I'm in. I'm, I, at first it, it threw me off for a second. I was like, okay, this is the direction we're going in. All right, I'm in. Let's go for it. <laughs> Um, and Chuck, I actually talked to Chuck not that long ago. And he said that, uh, he says this might be, and I agree with him. He goes, this might be the best Thor movie of the, of the three Thor movies that will be out. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree with that. So, uh, the trailer also, the, the latest trailer also had a very eighties feel to it with like the neon and the music. (laughs) Just.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it definitely looks like they're going to play up a lot of the Simonson and stuff. That, Surter and yeah. stuff, that is, oh, that stuff looks great. And, yeah. you know, I, th- I think to what, you know, even, so we're talking about the Marvel movies tonality being different. Look at the three different Thor movies. The tonality of those three are very different. The first one's like a oh, Shakespeare because yeah. it's Kenneth yeah. Brown on directing. I really liked the first one. I didn't care for the second one much. It, it made yeah. the weakest of the, of all the Marvel movies to me of the stuff, you know, since Iron Man. But, uh, but this next one, like I said, just if if it's half as good as the trailer when when the valkyries are coming out of the yes rift and hella's shooting stuff at them i'm like dude i'm so i'm oh yeah i'm there i'm totally there Hella hella looks awesome oh she so. looks amazing yeah she looks yeah. absolutely amazing yeah um then
3: and then tied into that have you guys did you guys see the leaked
0: uh trailer for infinity war
1: yes at all i did or at least I, I tried I
0: to watch it. <laughs> I tried and quite honestly it fascinates me that you would go to a, a thing like San Diego or D, D23 or any of these things and then act like you've never been in a movie theater before. Chris <laughs> Evans has been Captain America for what 6 years, 7 years and people yeah. screaming and hollering and fist pumping like they've never seen Captain America on the screen. <laughs> You people are foolish. Are you, and if those are the people that are paying to get, you know, if that's if I, I would be miserable sitting in hall H if everybody around yeah. is screaming like a buffoon. Just like, over, shut
3: up. I want to hear this.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, if, if it was something totally new or, you know, I. I get it. Like I could see
3: the I could see like the first Avengers trailer that when that movie was coming out. I could see getting excited about seeing all those characters up on the screen together.
0: People freaked out about, you know, Spider Sense, like his arm tingling. That's cool. They haven't shown that before. Okay. I get that. But just showing Captain America with a beard and people are and act like they (laughs) it's like they've never been out of the house.
1: From my understanding, but it was the costume was he was nomad. It wasn't Captain America.
0: Oh, see, I don't uh, couldn't see because
1: yeah, that's purple. that's what <laughs> I like, What's what I've read. So,
3: well, and the thing that I'm surprised about is that that leaked trailer is out there, and, and obviously Marvel and Disney, and all that know that trailer is out there, and people have seen it. I am really surprised we haven't seen that be released yet. Now, yeah. like an official looking, you know, here it is, cleaned up, and you know what we showed. I'm really surprised because in past years they have they're like especially if something got leaked out, they would like go, okay, well here is the actual trailer for everyone to see. And I am really surprised we have not seen it be released. Um, now the thing that I got excited about and, uh, and not saying I, John, I am not one of those people that if I was there, I'd be like cheering. But in, since I was in my own home, I'm watching this and I was totally geeking out because even though I knew all of the Marvel characters were going to be in this movie, to actually see all, almost all of them in this one trailer, I was like, holy crap, all these characters are actually going to be in this one movie.
0: <laughs> so. I, I, I have no problem with somebody getting excited or clapping. Sure. Or, but but again, like I said, I, I turned it off because first of all, I couldn't see what was going on. But then yeah. just see, hearing people scream and yeah. throw fists up, and I'm like, It's, it's a trailer. What are you going to do in the movie? Are you going to have a heart attack in the theater? Because some of them will. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, (laughs) guys. It's, you know, it's a a little silly, but hey, passion's a good thing. I'm sure I, I look forward to seeing a, a clean, you know, official copy of what it is because I assume it was cool. I, but I don't know. I couldn't tell. Yeah.
3: The only character I didn't see, and again, it, it wasn't the best copy, so uh, might, he might be in there. But the only character I didn't see, but I know he's in the movie, is I don't remember seeing Ant-Man in, the, in the, that trailer. Um, everybody else I saw, like even Doctor Strange for like a second was on the screen. <laughs> so, um, And that's what got me excited, because like I said, I know they have said all these characters are coming together. They're all going to be in this movie. But... You still think in the back of your mind, well, yeah, but you're not gonna have all of the characters. And then when you see all of the characters, you're like, okay, this might be one of the coolest movies ever.
0: (laughs) So, so the footage though that that got out, that was was that from San Diego? Did they show it again the next weekend, or was that from San Diego? It was from San Diego. Diego. So, so how did that get out, but then the Black Panther stuff didn't?
3: I don't know
0: because they managed
3: managed to sneak everything.
0: Because they, they were talking about some of the footage for Black Panther and the fact they had Claw and his arm turned into a gun or something. Like, holy cow. I want to-
3: yeah, I want to see that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I saw for Black Panther, which I'm super excited about also, um, but I saw the, the poster that they showed with Black Panther standing on top of the, uh, the Panther statue and stuff like that looking over Wakanda, and I was like, that looks amazing. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, there's just uh, so much good stuff coming out. Um, and then, uh, did either of you guys watch? Now, have both of you seen the the show Stranger Things on Netflix? Like, have you watched the first season? Yes.
1: We should just call that Stranger Ghostbusters,
3: the trailer. I know. <laughs> the trailer was amazing uh, for Stranger Things Season 2. Um and it was nice and long, too. Like, you got a lot of what is going to be happening and stuff. So. Plus, I love the fact um, they used Thriller for that trailer. Oh, yeah. That was great. I love the fact that it started off with Dragon's Lair. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was fantastic because I hated that game as a kid. I loved that game, but I hated it. I loved it because the animation. I hated it because you could not beat it <laughs> like without
1: dumping a ton of quarters into it. So, it's, it's, but, was it Wayne's World? Kids know Dick. I see him pumping quarters into the machines every week.
0: <laughs> um, John, did you get to see that trailer? Or I don't. So, did you see like, Stranger, Stranger things? things? It's really interesting. Uh, uh, I have not watched Stranger Things because okay. um, I was going to, and my whole family has seen it, and they started uh-huh. to explain to me the premise, and I said I don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not my thing. My, they were trying, my, my, yeah, Daniels walked in and gave me a big thumbs up, but they started trying to explain to me like the upside down or whatever. And I said, no, I'm done. I don't even, I'm not even going to try. I think it's, no, it's I think it, it sounds cool and it definitely, it sounds like it hits all those 80s beats. Uh, yeah. I stick to Red Oaks, which I think I've recommended on the show before, but, um, yeah. season three of Red Oaks on <sighs> Amazon comes out like next month and I'm ready for that. That's my 80s. Yeah. TV the the best thing, yeah. the
3: best way I can even describe the upside down world for anyone that hasn't really seen it, uh, I view it almost, it has a very poltergeist feel to it, uh, except that you actually get to, at certain points in the show, you actually get to see the, the other side that you didn't see in the actual poltergeist movie. You saw, you know, Carol Ann being taken and you got to see stuff that came out of you know, the TV and all that type of stuff, but you never got to go into that world. And in stranger things, you actually kind of go into that world along with all the other stuff that was happening. So, um, it definitely has some horror elements to it. It has some sci-fi elements into into it. Um, it's got that Goonies element to it, which is fantastic. So, uh, it is very eighties. Uh, it takes place in the eighties. Um, and they definitely stress the eighties stuff in the, uh, the trailer for season two. So, uh,
0: when, when I was told by my wife I would not like it, that was enough for me to know I shouldn't watch it.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm sure she knows is, you well enough yeah,
0: to know. It's so. kind of mind-blowing because everybody's all, it's 80s, 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 and Heidi said, you will not like it. I said, okay, that's enough for me to know I don't need to watch it. <laughs> um,
3: and then a couple other trailers I wanted to mention, and if there's any other ones you guys wanted to mention, feel free to, but... Uh, I saw the new It trailer, which I will admit I was not very excited about It when I first heard it announced. And I was not very excited about It when I first saw The Clown, because I thought The Clown looked way too creepy. Uh, which isn't bad for a horror movie, but I felt like Pennywise in the TV version didn't look like a creepy clown. Uh, I thought he just looked like a clown, uh, and that's what made it scarier for me um plus it's tough to beat tim curry but seeing this latest trailer i'm like okay this is pretty creepy and i'm actually a little bit more excited now after seeing the latest trailer
1: not me don't care (laughs) no well like i saw the you know i think i read the book once oh i love the book you guys still there yeah
3: okay can't hear grub
0: Uh no oh i think it caught up Grub, you there Uh Well, while we try to look for him, I will say that I watched that TV miniseries. What was that? Was it in the early '90s, late '80s, whenever that 90s. thing came out? Yeah. yeah, And that that thing scared the hell out of me. me too. Until the last 20 minutes, and that ending was yeah. so stupid. I was so disappointed. Just, like I was like, I just wasted three and a half hours of my life on this. I, is is I, I wonder if the end of that the end of the movie will be anything like that? Because wow, that will be underwhelming for everybody housekeeping well i (laughs) hey
1: you're back i think i accidentally hit the uh the mute button that's on the uh on the string when i or the cord when i laid when i leaned back but
3: um yeah i i that miniseries on tv scared the crap out of me in fact the whole scene where he comes out of the shower drain and stuff like that creeped me the hell out um and uh and I agree the ending of it was very underwhelming. Now from what I've understood about this new it movie is that this is meant to be a two part movie. So the first movie that we'll see is with them as kids. And then there will be a second movie of them as adults, just like the miniseries did because the miniseries, I don't know if you remember it was a two night event. They did the first night was two hours and it was all of them as kids. And then the next was all of them as adults. Um, so I'm, it, I agree with you. I hope it does not disappoint at the end like it, it did the miniseries. Uh, I think hopefully they learned from that. I read the book, uh, many years ago, love the book. The book is amazing, uh, in my eyes.
0: So I'm kind of see what did, they'll do. Did they film these movies in tandem or I don't know? You know, it'd be interesting to say, okay, well, here's this movie and build up a bunch of, uh, You know, interest in it or, or, and, and put it out in San Diego and have a, you know, part one, but not have the second part, you you know, because it's not, it's not like realistically you're waiting around to see if it makes money. Right. I think they would just go ahead and almost like the Superman, the old, the old 70s Superman, you know, film, film, film one and two kind of, you know, or scenes of them at the same time. But yeah. uh, Is it, is it going to be like a hard, I think it's going to be rated R. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, I think it is. Um, and to me, this is, this is very much like this movie for me. If I was a a kid, uh, you know, this would, even though it'll be R. if, and like I said, I'm almost positive it's going to be r rated movie. Um, to me, this would be like what Goonies was for me. Or like I mentioned in the TV, uh, or the movie episode we did, uh, the gate, was an R-rated movie, but it had a very Goonies feel because it was kids facing these demons and everything else, and I feel like that's what you got here. If I was, you know, a 12-year-old, you know, 12, 13-year-old boy, I would be all over wanting to see this It movie uh, that's supposed to come out. Uh, and uh, now if I was 12, 13-year-old kid of uh, Roberts, probably not so much because I know he does not like scary movies, nor does his kids. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this... I feel like I'm will get a little bit of that vibe of you know the kids' adventure and stuff like that. So um, I'm like I said, I was hesitant when it was first announced, and I was very hesitant because I did love the TV miniseries up until like you said the very end of it. Um, but I I loved it up through that, and uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this one. But now that I've seen the latest trailer, I'm like, okay, this looks like this is gonna be nice and creepy and have some history to it and everything else because they do show like Pennywise through the the his, uh, throughout history of this town and everything and I'm like okay they're they're building a good mythology here so um so we'll see how it goes um the only other trailer that I wanted to mention is something totally off the beaten path and you guys might not even know about it uh but one of the movie reviewers that I watch mentioned it and it cracks me up that they're doing this uh have you guys heard of the movie called The Disaster Artist? No. I don't think so. Okay, have you heard of the movie called The Room? It's yes. Rated, it's rated as one of the worst movies ever made. I am familiar with that name. Okay. So there's a movie called The Room that was, it's, like I said, it's panned as one of
0: the worst movies ever, um, acting-wise ever. The, the Room, not Room. Right. The one with the room. Brie Larson. Okay, yeah, okay, got it.
3: I guess there's a, lo- a whole history behind the making of that movie, that it was just a, a train wreck from the beginning. Uh, and there's a scene that is often known and I'll play it in the episode here. As far as just the audio from it.
1: I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi Mark.
3: There's a scene where the guy who wrote the script for it is acting in it as well. And he comes out and he has to deliver this line of saying like, it's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. I did not hit her. It, it's all bullshit. I did not. Oh, hi, hi Mark. And like, that's all he's supposed to say. And he evidently, it took him like 67 takes to get it because he couldn't remember his line. Uh, there's a point where the entire, like behind the scenes, people knew the line. Uh, and then finally, when he f- finally delivered the line, he actually had a water bottle in his hand, uh, because he just needed something to drink and it wasn't even supposed to be in the scene. So he kind of throws it down after he delivers the line and he wanted to do it again because he wasn't supposed to have the water bottle. And they're like, no, we're not doing it again. We don't care. You got the line right. We're just going with it. So they show like that whole scene in this movie called, uh, for the trailer for this movie called the disaster artist. And it's a whole movie about the behind the scenes of making of the room and it's got, um, uh, Franco uh in it i can't remember what his first name is james um, james franco he plays the this writer uh and it's it's looks hilarious uh and i've never seen the room i kind of want to s- see it i've seen clips of it and i've seen how bad it actually is just from those clips uh but i'm kind of interested in seeing this movie called the disaster artist uh just because s- it seems like it would be a very funny comedy about something that actually happened so, uh, any other trailers that you guys wanted to talk about of things coming
1: out or Justice League? Oh yeah, that movie just... Oh man, I don't even... I don't even know where to start with it. It's less, even seeing Wonder Woman was like, oh okay, cool, and it's just like, no. I'm sorry yeah Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman was awesome yeah the movie yeah I liked that movie a lot but just this dumpster fire that's been the D.C. EU so far movie verse has just been my god like I look at that trailer I'm like this is just not interesting at all I mean, See, oh, the, I the flashes scenes were really funny about, like, uh, oh, they all yeah. just left. Well, how rude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I will say there's
3: elements of it, of the trailer, that I was like, okay, that looks good. But then there's other elements, like Aquaman busting through the building and it looking so CG that I was just like, okay, that doesn't look good. Um, so I am mixed on the Justice League movie. And
1: Ready Player One. Oh yeah, Ready Player One. That that actually looks really good. Yeah, I, so. I need to reread the book because I really enjoyed the book. And yeah. I was that's the thing is it's like I know that's been the, the conversation piece for a lot of people is how in the hell are they going to take that book and convert it into a movie with just alone the uh, the <laughs> the rights that they ha- they have to uh, secure. <laughs> oh yeah, all the music and TV and movies and everything. Yeah. And it's just like well, I guess if you put Steven Spielberg's name in front of it, it right. Uh,
2: people that are like a few okay doors for you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm really really excited to see what they do with this. Yeah, so yeah, the
3: trailer looked amazing, so I, I'm really excited about that. I mean,
1: some of the CG in the trailer looked a little funky, but yeah. it may also just be you know like it's may, the early stages it, of it too. So. Yeah, they may not have yeah. finished it yet, so I don't know. But yeah, that one's yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Well, and that's the thing, like, even going back to the Justice League movie, like, I remember the early trailers
3: for Justice League, Cyborg looked horrible, but in the latest trailer, he looked way better. Um, he looked way too CG in the early trailers. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of hoping that one scene with Aquaman busting through the building and walking away that looked super CG. I'm like, okay, can we work on that before you actually release the movie? <laughs> so, I mean, that's uh, only, what, a couple months away now? Yeah. November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I keep forgetting that movie's coming out this year. Like I keep think feeling like it's another year or two before that actually comes out. I was like, Oh no, that's this year. So I'll go see it. I, I have no doubt. I'm going to go see it. Um, I just, I don't, I'm mixed on it now. Cause like I said, the, some of the things in the trailer look good. Some of it doesn't. I loved wonder woman. I, after Batman, the dark Knight, that's my second favorite DC movie is Wonder Woman. I think they nailed that movie. I think they got it perfect for that character. So there was some other news uh, that came out for related to the show from San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, one, uh, kind of keeping with the movie stuff and watching things, uh, they did announce uh, Voltron Season 3 for Netflix is going to be made and released, which I was excited about that. I still need to finish season one. I finished season one. I'm in the middle of season two. So, um, and then, uh, Castlevania for Netflix got renewed for eight more episodes. They did do four episodes. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys watched that or not, but negative. No, you know, I watched it and absolutely love it. Uh, I think it's way better than I was expecting it to be. Uh, it is, has a very, trying to think how to relate to it, but I, it's de- very adult. It's not a family-friendly thing at all, so <laughs> um, there's a lot of violence. So it reminds me of the HBO Spawn series. It has that type of feel to it, as far as uh, violence and
1: content and everything else. From what I'd seen on the um, artwork with it, it looks a lot like Vampire Hunter D to me.
3: It's got a little bit of that, yeah. yeah. It is based on Castlevania 3, the video game Castlevania 3, so you have if you're familiar with that game, there's elements, a lot of elements from that. Uh, there's definitely scenes in it that they don't come across as forced, but you can tell that they're video game elements. Like there's a part where he has to get into the town and he has, you see him jumping from one rock to another to get across this marsh. And then he gets to the uh, entrance way and there's like this, uh, he goes to go in, but then he steps back. And time has to time it because the the stuff spews out of it and everything.
1: Oh God! So like, please, okay. please tell me at some point he moves forward and turn, can't turn around and go back because there's an invisible. No, wall. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but I know people wanted to know
3: if a uh, chicken uh, in the wall would appear because <laughs> Castlevania bust it. And the creator said they kept they kept trying to figure out a way to do that, uh, but they couldn't make it work. Uh, so they said maybe in the in the next. Uh, series of episodes, but it was only four episodes long, and each episode was only like 20 some minutes long. Uh, but it was extremely well done. I really enjoyed it. And they actually the first episode is all about Dracula himself. And they actually make Dracula a sympathetic character. Like, you understand why he does what he does. Even though he takes it to a really big extreme, you're like, okay, so he's not just evil for the sake of being evil. He's doing this because he's had his basically his heart ripped out uh, by these people and he wants revenge. Uh, so the first, like the first episode was just amazing because it did that. It gave, it made Dracula a sympathetic character. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. And the fact that it was only four episodes long, it just killed me because I blew through them in one night and I was just like, okay, I, and they leave you on, of course, a cliffhanger. And I'm just like, okay, let's, let's go let's where, where are the rest of the episodes? So I don't know when the new ones are coming out, but it has done so well that Netflix has renewed it and they've renewed it for eight more episodes. So you get twice as many as you did the first time. So, and then this wasn't from San Diego comic-con, but I just wanted to mention, I did try watching transformers combiner wars, which is on that 90 something app. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like the CW seed, uh, app where you can watch some videos and everything else. Um, This series, it was a series of short videos kind of done like the GI Joe resolute where it was like, if you put all these five minute things together, it's a one big story. Um, It is not, in my opinion, not worth watching at all. I couldn't get through the first five minutes. Like each episode is only five minutes long and I got through two and a half minutes and I couldn't watch it anymore.
1: See I've heard yeah. tremendously good things about it.
3: Oh, I thought it was atrocious. Oh well. <laughs> ah, okay. I the 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 animation is horrible. Uh, the voices don't sync up with the mouth moving at all. Like not even to a level that like the old eighties cartoon. I know the old eighties cartoon things didn't always match up either, but this is like really bad. And I thought the animation was clunky. Um it's it's just like the f- first minute is just two big combiner uh, transformers just beating the crap out of each other. And it's the same motion over and over again for like 30 seconds. It, one punches one and he spins around and then he punches back and it's the same damn animation for 30 seconds. I'm like, you're doing a five minute clip and you're using the same animation for 30 seconds. Um, I thought the voices were completely off for the characters. Like Menasaur, you know, when the Combiners come together, that they're not as coherent as they are when they're individual characters. And Menosor's talking like, no problem, like like I'm talking to you right now. And it just didn't. He doesn't. He didn't sound like a giant beast of a of a you know creature, like a giant, you know, a giant, which is what he is. Um, it just didn't have that powerful presence to them and stuff like that. There was just, like I said, the anim- to me, the animation was bad. It was clunky and the voices didn't sync up. The voices didn't seem to match the characters. I got, like I said, I got through two and a half minutes. I was like, well, let me at least finish watching this first five minute one. I couldn't do it. I just turned it off. So if someone out there watched the rest of them and tells me it got, it gets better. The first one's not that, the first one's not that good, but it gets better after that, then maybe I'll go back and watch it. But I,
1: the fact I couldn't get through five minutes is, should be a sign. <laughs> say, talk to Brian at uh, PCL, because I know they love, loved it. So Yeah. Brian and I don't always see eye to eye on stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> I well love, neither. I
3: love I love Brian, but I don't see eye to eye with him on, a, on several things. <laughs> <laughs> him and I will text each other. He'll probably text me after he hears this episode and be like, You're crazy. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, the other thing that came out of San Diego Comic-Con was, uh, visionaries, uh, at the first strike panel for IDW. They were, uh, mentioning that visionaries comic is going to be coming out in December.
1: You guys have any feelings one way or the other when it comes to that? Yeah, that's an in- interesting choice for a comic. I hope it does well, but yeah, visionaries was not something I was really into as a kid. I don't, I don't know why. I just, I mean, like I know what they are, but yeah, you know, if it's another eighties property that can, that can do something good with, go for it. Yeah. And it is supposed to
3: be part of that Hasbro universe combined universe. So, um, I liked the visionaries as a, as a kid. I liked the cartoon. I didn't really have any of the, I didn't have any of the toys. I liked the toys. I just never got any of them. Um, So I'm, I'm excited about it, but I, I'm excited about just about every 80s toy property that does get a comic. Uh, so, uh, and for the most part, I do think IDW does a great job with the toy, with those properties other than maybe G.I. Joe in recent time, but we'll get into that a little bit later. (laughs) We'll get into that a little bit later. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited about visionaries coming out as a comic. Uh, we'll see. Like you said, I hope it does well. I hope it lasts longer than the, Star comics ones did, which I think it lasted. That one lasted nine <sighs> issues. So I hope it lasts longer than nine issues. <laughs> but John, any thoughts about the Visionaries one or
0: never watched it, never saw a toy. Don't know anything about it, man. That was I was I was out of <laughs> that's late eighties, right? I mean I was
1: Yeah, out, it was like mid of,
3: mid
0: to mid mid eighties, I wanna say. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like
1: eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty six. Yeah, I, I was 11.
0: in I was in high school. I've never I don't think I've ever seen I mean, I've seen them. I know what they are, but I've never seen a single episode of the show or anything like that. So I. Yeah.
3: yeah, the only thing I have, uh, visionaries wise, uh, there was a listener that sent me the cartoon on a DVD, uh, that he burned for me because it, you can't get it in the U.S. It's not playable in the U.S., they've never released it. Uh, maybe that'll change in the future.
1: But, uh, uh so well, I have that. Likely. I have. What's that? <laughs> so not likely with the uh, the death of uh, physical media sales for the most part. I don't think. Yeah. I think the opportunity they had for that was about ten years ago, and yeah. I think that opportunity well, you, might see it, you might see it digitally on like Netflix or something like that, but at some point.
3: Um, but then I, I have the comic series that came out, and then not that long ago there was a Kickstarter for uh, a book on the Visionaries, and it went over the the toys that came out. And it also covered the toys that didn't come out. Uh, so, and I have that book, uh, cause I saw someone had made me aware of it and I was like, oh, I gotta get on, I wanna make sure I get that, so. Um, and there's a Kickstarter too, I wait- can't wait for this book to come out, but there's a book called, uh, to- the Toys That Time Forgot book that's coming out and, uh, it was from a Kickstarter and it's, it's kinda along the same lines where they, they take toy properties that were supposed to have a toy line, uh, or, there was supposed to be a future wave come out and they never did. So it's like this whole book is about like what was supposed to come out. Here's pictures of the prototypes. Here's the concept stuff and all, all that type of stuff and why it didn't happen. And also related IDW. Uh, I'm sure you guys, I, I assume you guys probably saw this, uh, that IDW, I found this interesting. They're doing uh star Wars adventures as a comic. It's a all ages comic uh, being produced by IDW. So Wasn't have that, you guys seen
1: that? Uh, isn't that an old yeah. suit just reprinting basically? No. No, it's new, new material. Stuff.
0: Oh, is new it? Stuff. But I, I find it interesting and I'd be really curious I don't know if I've seen have not seen it discussed anywhere why would Marvel have somebody else do that? that? I don't In other know. other words, don't you think that's weird because they've made Oh yeah, quite, quite a bit of money on having that, that property back and then to put out a kids line, unless do, do they not do digests and things anymore? I don't even I don't even keep up with Marvel well, to know. But I just I, when I saw that they were going to be publishing new stuff, and I was looking at it going, that, I'm just I'm really confused as to and that's the that stuff
3: that case. yeah that's the stuff that's the stuff that confuses me because so here's the thing they I was confused when I first saw that uh, IDW was going to be doing the the Disney comics and someone said, well, I think Marvel didn't, you know, didn't want to take a risk and Disney want to take a risk of Marvel publishing it in case it didn't really sell well. And then, you know, IDW just had to pay them, you know, the rights and stuff like that. And the comics would go out there. And I was like, okay, I kind of understand that one, but this one really confuses me. And I've heard from some people, different things that just uh, is not true. Like someone said, well, well, Maybe Marvel isn't, and Disney don't want to re- produce all ages or kids stuff under the Marvel banner, but I was like, that's not true because there is Avengers, uh, adventures and there's like Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and all that type of stuff that are all ages versions. There's the Spider-Man one too that is all ages and th- those are totally produced by Marvel and they are not in the normal universe. They are all ages, uh, or kid-friendly uh, ones that Marvel is producing. So yeah, this one totally confuses me cause it doesn't make any sense why Marvel would do this, uh, and, and why IDW would be doing it.
1: Maybe IDW threw a crap load of money at them. <laughs> could be, could be, I don't know. Um, I
3: did get a freebie, uh, at my comic shop for it, uh, kind of getting you ready for it and everything else. And it's, you know, the, you know, it was only a few pages, but, you know, the freebie was fun. It, it is definitely all ages. Uh, it's something that I think anyone can pick up and enjoy, but real, you need to realize it's not going to be like the intense Star Wars comics that we're reading. Like, you're not going to get, like I was mentioning earlier, earlier, the Screaming Citadel story that was, had a little bit of a horror element to it. You're not going to get that with this. This is, totally reminds me of the Star Wars Adventures Digest size ones. But this, these are supposed to be at full comic size. But those uh, those little digest books that they that Dark Horse used to do uh, kind of has that type of feel to it, where it's just gonna be these fun little adventures and everything. But hey, it's another Star Wars comic I'm eager to see it come out. But I yeah, it, the whole fact that IDW is doing it confused the hell out of me. So. Um, the only other thing from San Diego that I had written down, uh, well, it was post-San Diego, is that the Star Wars comic itself, the main Star Wars one from uh, Marvel, is getting a new creative team. Uh, Jason Aaron is is leaving the title, I think, with issue 38 it is, and uh, the new creative team is going to be Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca, who did the Darth Vader series, which so when I heard that this news was happening and Jason Aaron was leaving, I was like, oh, that stinks that Jason Aaron's leaving. And then when I heard who the new creative team was, I was like, all right, I'm fine with that because the Darth Vader series that those two guys put together is was my favorite Star Wars title that came out since Marvel took it back over. Uh, it was phenomenally done. So I am really looking forward actually to this new creative team taking over. So that's all the San Diego news and post San Diego news I had. Did you guys have anything else?
1: Uh, the new Robotech comic is supposed to start. Yes. Or maybe this, this week,
3: I think. So it or was, was it this next week? past week. Well, this past week they had uh, supposedly cover B was supposed to come out. And I didn't see it at my comic shop. I did pre-order it. Uh, so I don't know if it was delayed or what happened. But, um, yeah, it's coming out very, very soon. I would say probably
1: in the next week or so. Because I think it's a July release, so it's not like we have many more days left in July. No. No. Um, and I'm very
3: eager but also hesitant on it, on it because, you know, the... Last things, the most recent stuff we've gotten that's been Robotech and stuff hasn't been the best, but um, but seems like they're putting a lot of effort into this, and it's a different publisher doing it, so than who had it before. So we'll see, because I think it's Titan Comics that's doing this one.
1: Uh yeah, I'm I'm actually trying to look it up right now, but the yeah, uh, I think it was Robotech that changed their. uh (laughs) Changed their website around. I'm like, I'm confused. (laughs) Because I think Brian Wood is the writer for the new series?
3: Yes. Which is what has me very hopeful for it because that's who did, uh, those familiar with the show and familiar with, uh, comics related to the show. Brian Wood did the Star Wars series that ended, that was the last series that Dark Horse did. Um, and it was, was
1: that was Hood. fantastic. It, it is, yeah. it is Titan that's doing
3: it. That. Okay. Okay. Uh, Brian Wood's known for a lot of other things as well, but like I said, for anyone that listens to the show that really enjoyed that, his run on st- the Star Wars title that came out right near the end of the Dark Horse run, um, it was, I think that was like 20 issues or something like that, 18 to 20 issues. Um, that was fantastic. Uh, so that gives me some hope for this Robotech series. So. Um, That is all I had, other than I know we kind of wanted to touch a little bit on, and this is probably going to be the ugly part of the show, uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit of the Joe stuff that's going on with IDW. Um, or lack John, thereof. John, I know. Or lack thereof, yes. Um. So, John, I know one of the things that we found out very disappointingly recently is that the artist edition for... G.I. Joe, uh, I think it was going to be just the issue 21 or they may, may have been more
0: than. Oh no, it 21. was more than that. No, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got a solicit. What was it last year? Because it was yeah. when we had the guys from what's on Joe mind on to help with saving Joe con that we, right. They just gotten the announcement that we were, were going to get a, a G.I. Joe real American hero artist edition. It had uh, issue two. 21, 26, 27, uh, the yearbook number two story that Golden did that's out in the folio. And I think, yeah, one other issue, but bottom line was we were supposed to get this thing and then it was going to have a signature plate with Larry Hama and Russ Heath Ethan, Steve Leola, and, um, Perlin, I think and somebody else. There were five or six signatures. I flipped out. A lot of a lot of people I know were really really stoked for it. Everybody went out and pre, you know signed up for one. Well, that yeah, was, I pre-ordered. Yeah, that was <laughs> a year ago or more now, maybe even you know 12, 13, 14 months. And we don't get anything, don't hear anything. And I would ask about it and with with the shops in town, and then I would, kind of was looking for it at conventions just to make sure I didn't miss it somehow, and nothing, never heard anything else. Well, then all of a sudden. I think it was on the Star page or maybe JP texted me, but he said, Hey, my shop told me that they canceled my order for, for Yeah. And so I was trying to find something online and an IDW site as usual was lacking and it, it basically said currently unavailable or you know, check with your store or something. So I got the bright idea one morning. I was gonna tweet IDW and Scott Dunbeer, and Scott is the uh, guy who does all the artists, and you know, is kind of shepherds that whole program for IDW. And, yeah, I got a tweet back in about two hours saying, sorry, lack of sales, pre-sales, uh, not going to happen. Uh, I don't know what those numbers have to be. I was pretty stunned. Uh, I'm yeah. still really, really – Disappointed. I think everybody thought I was going to go on a rant tonight about it. I, I'm at a point, I'm at a point with IDW and GI Joe where I've just, I've given up. And, uh, and, you know, they, they, they lost me over this. I know Grub's been asking about the, the, the trades and where they are with those, and there's no information there. Um, you know, we're not real, cl- nobody's really clear on what's going on. With uh, you know, it sounds like the now I you know you had you had this universe melding, and I read some of the uh, 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 before. Well, not first strike. What it was I can't I don't know I guys I can't keep them straight anymore because there's so many damn titles. But the uh, when they started bringing the worlds together, read oh, somebody yeah,
3: the- so they did revolution.
0: Revolution. Thank you. So some revolution. Oh, this is, this is good. I could, you know, I, yeah, some of this I like. Um, I never read a single page of the, uh, uh, Joe book that Aubrey Sitterson wrote. I did hear him interview with What's on Joe Mind. That was one of the more interesting 45 minute conversations I've heard uh, with a Joe creator, uh, because he certainly had a, I, I appreciated his perspective and whether or not I may like what he's doing, he certainly uh, you know, he certainly was passionate about it. And, you know, now I'm hearing that G.I. Joe and Mask are going to become a title and that ROM and Transformers are going to become one title. It doesn't help each property. They're just, it's more the same. I was looking at solicits today and there are like 15 different first strike books. It's bullshit. And it's, it's just, I'm done. I'm not even, I don't, I don't care. Don't care. Well, and what, a, what a shame. I'm, that it took this long, but they have finally made me give up. I've just, I'm done. I I can't rant about it because there's no reason to, they don't, they're not, they can't, they won't. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, support, support our friends that work on these things, but I'm done. Yeah. And, and tied into that,
3: like, so I'm looking at, uh, cause mine got canceled, you know, my pre-order got canceled. Um, I, I hate to say it, and because uh, I know we have a lot of listeners out there that are not this way, um, but it's often been said about GI Joe people or people that love GI Joe is that GI Joe collectors are cheap, and artist editions are not cheap.
0: <laughs> well, I would say that GI Joe collectors are frugal, and that you're absolutely—I am not a Transformers collector that I'm going to buy everything. I am willing to pay a premium though, especially anybody that knows anything about original art would know full yeah. well that if, if the book was a hundred and a quarter, 150 bucks, none of us, I shouldn't say none of us. We may have some listeners that do have some p- spare change laying around. The majority of us are never going to be able to afford original art from the real American hero run. It is right. very hard to find. It has gotten harder to find. The you know as we've you know we're 30 you know you're really even with 155 you're talking 25 years since since the original marvel run has been out that stuff's really hard to get one guy owns yeah. all of issue 21 how they don't just publish that still blows me away but again yeah and i'm done asking i'm not going to scream and holler about it anymore yeah. they have they have deflated me on it i'm going to stick to my sketchbook i'm going to do what I want to do with that. I'm going to have fun with it. And, you know, IBW, damned, they, they can do whatever they want.
3: Well, and it, and it goes into what, what I was going to say with it is I don't, they don't know. And we've talked about it many times. They don't know what to do with it anymore. Uh, they, they announce like, Hey, we're going to do this, but then they don't follow through with it. And that kind of goes into what, you know, I know, uh, grub grub's issue as well as mine is, you know, they started off doing this complete collection uh, and there's no volume nine is, uh, out there and it's, you know, it's still on my pre-order list. Um, but that doesn't take you through the whole series. They have to probably do 15 volumes, if not more in order to get the entire series. Cause they're plan they're supposed to be including special missions and everything in there, which I was excited about. I know Chuck was getting them too. Um, and I, I think other people we know, I think. People like Travis and that were probably getting them as well. I don't think they know what to do, and they're just throwing everything up on the wall and seeing if it sticks, and the second it doesn't stick, they're taking it away. Um, and I'm afraid that we're not going to get the rest of the, vo- the hardcover volumes, which is, is nuts, because then I'm going to have part of the
1: stories in hardcovers and part of the stories in trade paperbacks. Well, they're up to uh, the last hardcover they released only covers up to issue 76 I think or 77 of the original yeah. run so you're literally halfway through the original right. run. Right. And then you know stuff like if you want the special missions trades, yeah, yeah. good luck. They're yeah. they're they're not easy to come across so it's right now a lot of this stuff is you know if you don't have it in the hardcover, or you don't already have one of the soft cover trades you're you're hurting on. Yeah. On
3: finances well and I and yeah, and I already have them in trade because I got them back before I even knew these hardcovers were going to be made. I've gotten rid of some of my trades as I got the hardcovers. So I still have everything in trade that isn't in a hardcover yet um, because I didn't want to get rid of them and then run into the situation you're talking about there, Grub, where it's like, okay, if you don't have it now to get it, it's going to be expensive. Um, but. It just sucks to look at my shelf and realize, okay, I might not get any more hardcovers. And they are very well done too. That's the thing that really kills me is like, they are really well done and I, and they got some great material in there and I like how they put the special mission issues in there. I like how they've put some of the comic stuff, uh, the, the, the comic two packs, uh, issues, you know, yearbook, some of them done. Yeah. Yearbooks and everything else. Yeah, they, they stick them in there where, where it's a good place to read those things. Uh, I love how they've done the hardcovers. I love, that's the one thing I will praise IDW is the quality of their hardcovers is amazing. Um, and they're not, and they're relatively inexpensive. I mean, when you really look at it, they're 50 bucks and you can usually get them on Amazon for like 30. Um, and you know, if you do something like I do where you pre-order them, you can get them around 30. So, you know, they're, and you get a lot of issues. You get usually 12 to 14 issues in each one. So it's just, it's very disheartening to know that, oh, you know, they started down this journey and they're not, they might not finish it. Now I don't think that that it might not be a permanent thing that it could just be a hiatus for a while because supposedly Hasbro wants to do something with the, you know, reinstating Joe into the, this movie universe and everything else. Um, maybe when that happens, maybe these hardcovers will start up again. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath, but at the same time, I, I would love it if that could happen.
1: So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I did some poking around to think, you know, like just Googling and seeing if I get answers, and the consensus seems to be that it's the combo of, IDW is claiming that the quality of paper in these hardbacks is not good enough. Um, but like, if you read some of these forums and stuff, people are like, oh, the quality has gone to crap. The quality has gone to crap. I'm like, okay, I'm not really seeing much of a difference myself. I'm not but either, yeah. I think what's happening is, is it looks like IDW is claiming that the paper quality isn't good enough so they're on hiatus so they can figure out what the problem is. But I think what it, that's their excuse for they're not, the pre-sales on these things are not high enough for, the for them just to buy it. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I think that's it exactly. I think that it's, it all comes back to the pre-sales. And like I said, unfortunately what that does is it just reinforces this thought out there that G.I. Joe collectors and G.I. Joe fans are cheap. And, you know, you can say frugal all you want, but it's, that's, that's what people view it as is that they're just cheap and they don't spend the money, which goes into a whole nother topic that I don't want to get into, but like stuff that happens. Well, but again,
0: with- Ryan, I will say this. If, if IDW puts out four GI Joe books and three of them are hot garbage, I'm not going to buy four GI Joe books to prove. Oh, that no, I agree. I can. And that's, and I think that's, you know, cause I, have heard it on other places if you don't buy all the figures, you're not a true fan, or you're not a, or, no, I know. you know that that, that doesn't imply with me. Um, I, you know, there, there is, there, they're, I'm just done, man. I don't, I no. really don't want anything else. I don't know what else to say because it's, um, it, they, they have gone down a path that to me is not the right one. And you know, if I'm just one person, but I'm not the only person not reading that book anymore, any of the books anymore. And you know, if you don't know what to do with it, just let it sit, just let it sit. Don't do anything with it and let somebody else pick it up later and figure it out. Cause it's, so it's just, in it. you know, the six and seven, six and seven books here at six or seven titles with this six or seven issues rather with this author doing this and the next author doing that. And when we had this conversation with Robert and I get that they're all tied together, they don't know what the hell they're doing.
3: I agree. And I totally agree. And I agree with you with something like this. Um, yeah, I, I do not buy into the whole, like, well, if you're not buying everything, you're not a true fan. I don't buy into that at all. Um, the reason I was saying I didn't want to get into a whole nother thing because that would lead to my rant, which is not related to Joe. It's related more to Marvel stuff. Um, I get, I get very annoyed on the Marvel side. And like, this is like the mini version of it. I get very annoyed with when people are bitching and complaining because Marvel now is the one that's whose comic sales have gone down. DC is doing very well again and Marvel's going down, uh, in their sales. And people are blaming it on this and that and the other thing. But I hear all this bitching and moaning and the people that are bitching and moaning are the same ones that are also saying, well, this is why I got a Marvel 20 years ago. This is why I got a Marvel 15 years ago. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to hear from you then. (laughs) If, if you have not bought a Marvel title in the last 15 years, you are not someone that they need to be listening to because you're not, no matter what they do, you're not going to buy another Marvel title. It's just not going to happen. You've given up on Marvel 15 years ago. Shut up and sit down because guess what? You're not going to buy anything. You're not going to, they could do exactly what you want them to do. You're not going to buy a title. So I get real, I do get really tired of the people that bitch and moan that have decided they're not going to buy anything anymore, like nothing anymore. Um, I don't include you in that, John, because if they put out something quality, You would buy it because you have bought stuff that was good quality. I'm talking about people that have just flat out given up on stuff, and it does relate to Joe. It does relate to other things. Um, I've known people that said the only good Joe stuff is the stuff that came out from Marvel back in the 80s. Good. Shut up and sit down because you're not buying anything right now, so don't tell me what they should do or they shouldn't do because... No matter what they do, even if they do exactly what you're asking them to do, you're not going to buy it because you decide you were only only good stuff was from the past. Um, that's the stuff that gets me pissed off. Um, the I constantly voice on things I think they could try and they I think they could do, but I'm also someone that has constantly tried to support everything that they do. Um, and I say when it's shit and I say when it's good. Um, and like I said. I don't lump you in that, in that category. I don't lump, uh, you know, Chuck in that category or anything like that. You know, Chuck's still getting a real American hero. I'm still getting a real American hero. I'm getting, I mean, I get everything just for show purposes and everything else to kind of read and see what's going on. But I know Chuck's been close to wanting to drop a real American hero and the only thing that has stopped him is because he's like, I got a full run. (laughs) I don't want to stop it now. Um, But, yeah, if you're not putting out a good product, I understand people saying, you know what, I'm going to go away from it for a little while, and I'll come back to it later. I get that. But the people that, like I said, the people that drive me crazy are the ones that are saying, well, you know what they should do is this. And I go, oh, you know, well, have you read anything in the last 10 years? No, everything in the last 10 years has been shit. Okay, well, you know what, you can't say that because you haven't
0: read any of it. You can't say it's shit because you didn't read any of it. You didn't try any of it. I guess, I guess the way I look at it, and I, and I, I appreciate you saying you don't let me in there because I, you know, I, I have tried, but I you look, have, you look have. this way. What I am doing is I'm taking my hard earned dollar and I'm going to contribute it to creators that, that I like, that I respect, mm-hmm. that I would love to see do something with the GI Joe property and they can yeah. do it in my book and it's mine and I can yeah. enjoy it and I will have more fun doing that than trying to figure out next month what's coming out or are they coming up? You know, is that book canceled and what's next? You know what I'll get, I'll get, and it'll be what I want it to be so that I don't have to tell you, Oh, I think they ought to do this. Cause I'll say, Oh, look at this. I got this sketch or this character from this guy. And that's what I want. Yeah.
3: Well, and here's the thing, John, if they were putting out something that you felt was quality, I know you would try it. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have, yeah, put, you, you have,
0: have tried if back tomorrow. It would be, yeah, I would run to the comic book store, Right. It, as soon as the door opened and I'd be in there buying it.
3: And I, and I know, I know we've talked with Robert before. I know Robert and Mike Costa tried to get something going where they could do like a six or a 12 issue series where Mike Costa would write it and Robert would draw it and of Joe. And so far IDW has not been okay with doing that. And I know if, if you saw that Costa was writing a Joe book again, And Robert was the one drawing it. I know you'd be at your comic shop picking it up, at least giving it a try. Um, uh, or we talked about Brian Wood on the, on Robotech. If I heard Brian Wood was doing a G.I. Joe book, I'd be like, okay, there's a good creator. Let me go ahead and give that one a try. You know, like, um, especially if you heard what the concept was or what he was looking to do and it sounded interesting, you know, he's a good writer. You probably would give it a try. So. Uh, like I just I'm I follow uh, John Royal on Instagram and he posts a lot of his Joe stuff like stuff he did in the past with Danger Girl but also some stuff he's posted uh, where he's like this was uh, a concept drawing I did for something related to Joe that just wasn't used and everything else I was like damn if I saw John Royal working on a a new Joe comic or something like that again I'd have to I'd want to hear what the concept is and everything else but man I really loved that. Danger Girl, G.I. Joe story. And if they did something like that again, where it was just a fun read uh, with his art or something like that, I would be all over that. So they like said, yeah, you're not someone I'd lump in there. But like I said, the, I see so many posts on Facebook uh, with different groups that I'm a part of that people bitching and moaning about what these comic companies should do and what they shouldn't do and everything else. And then you ask them, like, well, have you read this? And they're like, no, I haven't read anything in the last 15 years. I haven't bought anything in the last 15 years because they haven't put out anything good in the last 15 years. I'm like, you know what? You're full of shit. They haven't put anything out in the last 15 years that's been any good, uh, whether it be Joe or it be Marvel or whatever. I'm like, you're just not trying. I vote with my dollar, too, when it comes with a lot of this stuff outside of the show stuff. I just pretty much get everything related to the show to keep up with it, but <laughs> uh, which is probably my bad. But like I said, when it comes to other comics, I give certain things a try and I go, nope, this isn't good. I'm not buying it anymore. I just, it just frustrates me when I hear people saying what the industry should do with this or that or whatever. And even if the industry did what they said, they still wouldn't be buying it. Um, and that leads into the whole. A whole new path of ranting when it comes to the social justice people and everything else about how we need this in comics and we need that in comics and everything else. And I'm like, you're not buying the goddamn comic anyway. So I don't know why you're telling everyone what they should do. Um, so I don't even want to head down that rant because that you're going to hear words come out of me that I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, it's, it, it's, it's the one thing that's very frustrating for me is. You know, if if you want to support good stuff, support the good stuff. Um, but don't tell me there hasn't been anything good in the last 15, 20 years because you're it's a lie, uh, and you just haven't the pe. And I don't mean you guys that I'm talking to right now. I mean, if there's any listeners out there that are like, yeah, nothing's been good from Joe in the last 20 years, or the Marvel stuff is the only good stuff. And you're full of it, so uh, you just haven't tried and. You telling me what they should do it means nothing to me. Um, so so that's my rant. <laughs> I ranted for you, John. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thanks for having the passion that I have lost.
3: <laughs> but I will say, too, IDW needs to get off their ass and figure out what the hell to do with this stuff and complete the stuff that they started. You're to make, they, they're, they have to be doing well enough with some of the other things that they could finish some of these things that they started. Uh, get that artist edition out there. Get the finish these uh, hardcovers that they started, and uh, I, Grub. I agree with you. The the paper quality excuse is a load of shit because uh, I have not noticed anything change with the paper quality. Uh, and I flip through every single one that I, I get. I might not be reading them currently because I'm you know working through them, but I flip through every single one when I get it, and I haven't noticed any paper changes. So
1: yeah, it's weird. It's just in general, it's like I don't really. You know, I poke around on Facebook and, you know, I'm on some, you know, but I don't really do the forum thing anywhere and I'm not really part of any real, you know, okay, outside the 501st stuff I do and and Lance of Star Joes and I'm not really part of any forums or Facebook groups or anything. So, like, I don't really see, you know, like, when I started poking around to read about what's going on with these Joe hardcovers, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of, like, just anger in general of this era. Or he's just, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm, like, I'm like, what the hell? Like, do you guys have better things to do? Like, okay, you know, everyone has their moments where they rant and rave and get upset sure. at things or focus on things, and that's fine. But it's like, you know, it, maybe it's just too easy to, to be a keyboard warrior. Um, yeah. But I'm like, I don't, I have better things in my life to like focus on than, and anger, you know, put my anger towards than, than worrying about the fucking paper quality of a, of a hardcover when it's actually, you know, when to me it seems pretty good. Yeah. But if, you know, or if it's, if that's the consensus in the, in the, the community, then okay, I'm okay with being oblivious to this. Right. But I mean, I, I guess as long as my fingerprints don't show up on the paper, the
3: second I touch it or it doesn't tear as soon as I touch it, uh, it's pretty good paper
1: as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Plus, I know at some point here I'm going to have little sticky fingers and they're going to want to be flipping through it, so I hope it holds up. (laughs) Right, exactly.
3: All right, well, I think uh, we more than shot our load for this episode. (laughs) That is not a visual I needed right now.
0: Good, bad, (laughs) and suck.
3: We we covered the good, the bad, and the suck, yes. So... um, so, So, before we go, uh, Grub, is there anything you wanted to plug or mention for listeners? Oh,
1: really? I mean, I don't do much okay. anymore. <laughs> okay. I mean, outside of uh, I'll See People, in Baltimore. Okay. So Yeah.
3: Ba- Baltimore is coming up. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is uh, Saturday night. Uh, we kind of mentioned it on the uh, episode that we had Greg on where we were covering the movies. Saturday night, we will do uh, a recording. Uh, it'll be for our 200th episode, and I'm I, i I'm getting out episodes as fast as I can get them out so that we can be up to 200 for that episode. Uh, one way or another, that's going to be our 200th episode. So, <laughs> uh, Even if you sit so, on it for a while. Even if I sit on it for a week or so, yeah. Um, so that'll be our 200th episode. So my thought is, my plan is, that the show ends at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're all going to need to get dinner and stuff after the show ends. Uh, I would like to meet up around 9.30, 10 9.00, o'clock uh, at the Hyatt Regency. Uh, there is an area uh, that we recorded at last year, and uh, I think it will work well. Um, uh, so we will – if you're going to Baltimore and you want to be part of that recording or you just want to be there to watch, even if you don't want to talk, that's Ooh. fine. Um <laughs> uh, please reach out to me and let me know. And I will make sure that everyone that's interested will be in the loop as far as where we're meeting up at. And uh, so this way as many people that can be there would be great. Uh, I actually have a star Joe's trivia thing uh, planned for that episode uh, that people can partake in during the episode. Uh, so brush up on your star Joe's episodes, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be kind of a memory lane type of thing, but there'll be questions and there will be prizes. Uh, so uh, there'll be plenty. I will have plenty of free comics to give away as well. Uh, stuff that I've gotten duplicates of over the past year or so. I'm bringing a bunch of stuff. So uh, there'll be a ton of freebies. There will be prizes. Uh, so please come hang out with us and share the fun that is Baltimore con. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. Chuck will be there. So far, still, he's still coming. I still don't believe that. Uh, (laughs) I just talked to him recently. He's coming. So, uh, I keep checking with him every time I talk to him. So (laughs) I'm like, you're still coming, right? (laughs) Um, so he, he is very excited and very eager. So, uh, looking forward to that. Um, John, how can they find you?
0: You Find me on Facebook, John Thurmond, Twitter, John underscore Thurmond. And, yes, Shannon, I have over 5,000 followers now, so he can <laughs> – yeah. Uh, Virginia Comic-Con is vacomiccon.com. As I mentioned, we've had our two-day show now for the year, but we'll we'll have a one-day show the weekend after Baltimore uh, that Saturday. We'll have a, a one-day show here in town, and, uh, yeah, that's oh. about it.
1: I didn't uh – Friend of the show, Tim uh, Tom King. Didn't he just win like a Harvey or something?
0: He won two. Yes. as a matter
3: of fact.
1: Yay! Yes.
3: Yeah, one was for a short story I think that he did for Batman in the Batman Annual uh, involving Ace the Bat Hound, <laughs> and then uh, I, and then he won for won, something else won, too. Went for the Vision. What was that? For, the vision. for the vision. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, before I get into all this Star Joe stuff, uh, I do want to mention our, uh, sponsor-esque, I guess I could, should say. So the Patreon thing launched the last episode that I did, uh, with, where I covered the Transformers issue. I went over what the tiers are because I realized, I don't think in past episodes I mentioned what you get for the different tiers. Um, basically, with patreon you can get all the extra content that i put on patreon for like three dollars a month which is pretty cheap but we had two listeners that donated at the ten dollar level which basically means they're a sponsor of the show uh one of them was uh matt anderson and he doesn't really have anything to promote so i just told him oh, i'm going to mention keep mentioning your name every episode because that's you pay for sponsorship you at least get your name mentioned. Um, and then the other one was, uh, Jonathan Morgantini, who, uh, is on Facebook a lot and definitely supports the show. And is that you how you know pronounce everything? his last name? I believe so. Okay. Uh, it, 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 that's how it looks. And he hasn't, he's never corrected me. So, <laughs> so Jonathan, if I'm saying it wrong, let me know. But yeah, it looks like Morgantini. Uh, but he, uh, he doesn't have anything to promote other than something that I think listeners might be interested in. Uh, and that is he recently got a Tom Clancy Ghost Recon game and guide. And in it was included a collector's edition of the guide. Uh, there was like a pen and paper RPG, uh, that was created. And it's developed around, uh, the basis of it is developed around a top secret team of U.S. military commandos. And he was like, with a little bit of work, I can make this a G.I. Joe role playing game. So what he's planning to do is he is planning to put together a role playing game, uh, where with some listeners, if they're interested, uh, he just, he's looking for about four volunteers and uh that can meet over Skype and do he's gonna create a couple chapters and whatnot and do a little role playing game with everyone. And he said if it goes well he might actually record it and he wanted to know like would you want to put that out as an episode and I was like, sure, if you want to do it, we'll put it out as episode. Um so if you're out there and you Are interested in this, uh, you can either reach out to Jonathan directly through Facebook. Uh, Again, his last name is Morgantini, which is M O R G A N T I N I, Uh, or you can reach out to me and I'll get you in touch with him. So either way will work. Uh, But yeah, he's like that's if he's like if you want to just promote that uh, for those listeners that might be interested in that, he's like that's all I'm asking for. So. Uh, it sounds really interesting to me. Uh, I'm not a big role playing person. And so I let him know, I was like, I probably wouldn't participate right now, at least because it's just, I've got a lot of other things, a lot of other, uh, logs in the fire to take care of, uh, keep, keeping the show going. But I told him, I was like, I think it sounds like an awesome idea. It sounds like it could be a lot of fun. And I was like, and hey, we could record it. We'll put it out as an episode and, uh, and maybe other people will be interested as well. So like I say he's looking for four people right now. Uh, and uh, it would be kind of a, a new imagining of the creation of the G.I. Joe team is kind of what he has in mind for his first story arc. So so just wanted to throw that out there for you. But outside of that, uh, you can find us at StarJoes.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a group page and a fan page. We've been having a lot of fun on the uh group page uh been i've changed it from putting up a cover of the day for a little while and now i'm putting up stuff like people's first star wars comic that they read people's first you know gi joe comic that they've read uh that they read as a uh, at any point in their life so uh people seem to be having a lot of fun with that and i have a lot more planned uh that revolves around that so um it's just fun to take a look back. I mean, that's kind of what this show is all about. And that's the origins of the story is looking back at things that we grew up with. So, um, you can also follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joes podcast. You can leave us a voicemail. It's 440941 Joes, 440941 J O E S. And, uh, we have merchandise. You can find that at the Star Joes page as well. Um, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. I think that's pretty much everything. Uh find us on iTunes, you can find us on Stitcher Radio, and you can find us on the Podbean app. Uh, pretty much everything that you want to know uh can be found on the Star Joe's page. So uh with that we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care everyone.